You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors uh, normally related to Star Wars Episode Eight and uh, Rogue One and the spinoff films and all that other good stuff, uh, you know, the, the new Star Wars movies coming up. But today we uh, pretty much have exclusively video game stuff to talk about um, right on the heels of uh, the E3 video game conference that just happened this week. Uh, so uh, we are getting all set to talk about that. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always, I've got my co-host, Tim with me how's it going tim hey kyle doing good i always love e3 week i mean being someone who's a big fan of video games it's always fun when e3 happens every year but when you get multiple star wars news <laughs> to talk about it makes it even better so this should be a fun episode to talk about all these new star wars games that are on the horizon yeah absolutely um I mean, obviously, on our last episode, we had a lot of movie stuff to catch up on, so we said we were going to save the video game stuff and just kind of do an E3 wrap-up episode. Um, also, as I mentioned last time, uh, make sure to stick around for the end of this episode, and I will also include uh, the audio from uh, the panel I did at Phoenix Comic Con, uh, which is now almost a couple weeks ago. Um, man, the time flies since then, but, you know, it feels like just yesterday I was walking around as Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I did the panel uh, with uh, my friends Joey Letson and Jason Hunt. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll have the, the audio from that here at the end of the show. Um, and so that way you can get your uh, your Star Wars video game fix and your, uh, you know, weekly dose of discussion about The Force Awakens and Rey and Snoke and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, because those conversations are never going to die or go away. Even oh, when the yeah. sequel trilogy is over, we're still going to be talking and speculating. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I hope there won't be too much to speculate on after episode nine. They, they better not leave us with too many unanswered questions. I won't <laughs> even be too if happy. They, even if they do answer everything, there's going to be those who are like, will be in denial. And like, no, this is really, they're not just saying this. So that's just a ruse or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, anyway, let's get into some video game stuff. Um, and actually... Uh, before we get to the E3 stuff, we'll start off with, uh, you know, one announcement that came out um, a couple weeks ago. Actually, this is from May 10th, so uh, over a month ago, actually. Um, but we'll, we'll get the bad news out of the way first, and that's that uh, Disney is discontinuing their uh, Disney Infinity games, um, which doesn't mean that they're... 
Well, you know, it's sort of like one of those ongoing things where you buy the game, but then they continue continually release new uh, content packs and that sort of thing for it. So they're they're not releasing any more new content packs, any more new figures, um, anything like that. Um, but for those of you who have the game, who have the you know the Star Wars expansions and any of that kind of stuff, um, I mean, as far as I know it still works. Um, you know, you can still keep playing it. There just won't be uh, new additions uh, coming to that in the future. Um, and they basically said that moving forward, just with their console games, they're going to uh, stick to just a, uh, basically what they call a premium uh, approach. Um, let me see, I'm reading the the press release here. They said, after a thorough evaluation, we have modified our approach to console gaming and will transition exclusively to a licensing model. Um, which basically, you know, it's like you buy the full game and not, uh, you know, these games where you, um, you know, they, they sort of have constant releases and things. Although, I mean, they still, you know, every game nowadays has DLC, but, um, you know, it's a little bit different from the way that they were uh, producing and marketing these Disney Infinity games. Um, and I guess there's been kind of a, you know, not a whole lot of growth in that market of, uh, you know, games that use actual toy figures and stuff like that. Um, so kind of a, you know, a bummer there for, um, you know, fans of those games. I know I myself haven't actually played those games yet. Um, but I've got some friends who are really into them and, you know, they've got some cool looking figures and stuff. So kind of a shame to see those come to an end, but at least, uh, you know, for the star Wars fans out there, um, they, they were able to release, you know, stuff spanning all of the star Wars movies released so far. So continue to enjoy that while you can. Yeah, this was disappointing and surprising for me actually, because, um, the whole new market of figures with video games like Skylanders and that series was immensely popular. And then Nintendo got into it with their Amiibo figures. And when Disney jumped in with Infinity, it's, I mean, I never really looked into like the numbers over the last few years that they've been available and like what their sales were. So I can't say, oh, I thought <laughs> it did good and all of a sudden it did bad. I'm not sure how, if it ever did the numbers they were hoping for or if it kind of had its peak and now it lay low. So I'm not really sure, but I am just surprised that they came to a realization that it's just not, you know, worth it for them to continue producing the games and these figures for this. Because uh, just as a casual observer of this uh, format of video games, I thought for the most part they've been successful, but I guess I was wrong. So kind of surprising about that. And it is disappointing because I did get um, one of the packs. Was, I got the Clone Wars one that came with Anakin and Ahsoka and got a few figures too. Haven't finished it yet. I can't say it's a game I played regularly. I mean, it's good. It's fun, but... You know, you know this, Kyle. I just go back to Battlefront most of the time mm -hmm. <laughs> to play Star Wars stuff. So I do want to finish it. And I got other figures, too. And it's funny, when this got announced that they were discontinuing their figures, they're not going to make them anymore. Um, my younger brother just went crazy and started, like, going to Toys R Us stuff, cleaning out some of their figures. Because a lot of them are on discounts and, like, buy one, get one free or get buy one, get one half off. So he cleaned up on a bunch of... Like this regular Disney Infinity characters, uh, Disney Marvel characters, some more Star Wars stuff. So uh, we've got to kind of got a big collection now <laughs> amongst me and my brothers. So whenever I do play Disney Infinity, I'll have tons of figures to play with now. So that's, I guess, the one positive. If you have yet to get them and you wanted to, now's the perfect time. Of course, before they run out, but now that they're on, they have good sales for them. So you can get not only the games, but the figures at good prices. So got to get them while they last because i'm sure most people are going to be like that where we got to get them now before they're completely gone so yeah it's disappointing but like you said at least we've got some good star wars content along the way over the 
of course, when I think about not even a year yet since they first announced that Star Wars coming to Disney Infinity. So yeah, we, because I think the the first set came out around the same time the Battlefront did. I think. Yeah, if anything, maybe a little before, like yeah, maybe around like, Force Friday was it? I don't wasn't on Force. No, Friday, I think it was after, after Force that. Friday. It might have been like October of last year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe. But yeah, like you said, it hasn't even, hasn't even been a year yet. But uh, yeah, but we, like I said, we got three like good Star Wars packs with the Clone Wars, the Empire one, and the Force Awakens. Which I still want to get the Force Awakens one because that did look pretty fun. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> that I mean. But Star Wars is infinite, so they could have done so much more, but at least we got, you know, three uh, game packs that, you know, would hopefully uh, fulfill the Star Wars fans or the Star Wars slash Disney Infinity fans that were waiting for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, OK, so that's the uh, the Disney Infinity news. Um, now, let's talk about all this big stuff from uh, E3 because um, we didn't get anything super huge here i mean we didn't get like a new trailer for a new star wars game or anything like that but we did get um just a lot of um sort of little teases and announcements and things like that um actually there were a couple kind of big announcements that happened before e3 um leading up to this and then you know they they talked just a little bit more about some of these things at the the conference um and so during uh, ea's press conference on sunday um they released this uh a, basically a little three minute like teaser video called EA Star Wars, a look ahead. Um, and again, not, not anything real huge here revealed in terms of like information or, uh, you know, gameplay footage or anything like that, but just, um, glimpses of all the stuff that's coming on the horizon. Um, of course they were talking about the Star Wars, uh, Battlefront, the Bespin DLC expansion that's actually coming out next week. Um, that's one thing that was announced recently, um, that that's being released on June 21st. Um, so they had a glimpse of that in there. It was also announced that Respawn Entertainment, uh, which is the company that developed Titanfall, uh, they're working on a new Star Wars, uh, third person action adventure game. Uh, so they had people in there talking about that and showing, um, it it looks like it's probably going to be some kind of lightsaber combat game, which sounds really exciting. Um, because they, again, they didn't show any gameplay footage, concept art, anything like that. But while they were talking about the respawn game, you basically just saw like the game director watching a couple of guys in motion capture suits fighting with sticks that then turned into lightsabers. And they're talking about, you know, creating a a new kind of gameplay experience that we haven't seen yet. So I'm hoping they can do something really cool and really innovative there with lightsaber combat gameplay. Um, then of course they talked about the game from visceral games, uh, which has been in development for a long time. And, you know, we've heard rumors about this and they did show a little bit of uh, sort of concept footage from that one um, and how that's going to be, you know, sort of this really deep, immersive Star Wars story and also an action adventure game. Um, and then uh, another thing with Battlefront, um, they did also announce recently that um, in addition to all the DLC stuff coming out, um, that in next year, uh, there will be a new Star Wars Battlefront, ga- uh, Battlefront game coming out. Um, and that's being developed by DICE in collaboration with, uh, Motive Studios in Montreal. Um, so that's, you know, another EA studio there. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, all this stuff sounds really cool and, uh, it's looking like we're hopefully about to enter into another sort of golden age of Star Wars games, Um, as long as these are all, you know, well done and live up to their promise and everything. 
Um, but you know, obviously like Battlefront is still the only one that we have right now, but within a few years, basically they, when, when they made the announcement that Battlefront 2, I guess, you know, they haven't officially announced the title of it yet, but, uh, what we can kind of sort of call the new Battlefront 2 at this point, um, when they announced that that's coming out next year, they also said the visceral game will then be coming out in 2018 and that then, um, they'll basically just be releasing one Star Wars game a year from that point forward. Um, that's the plan. So I don't know if 2019 will be the Respawn game or if we'll get another Battlefront sequel then and then get Respawn the year after, but, um, you know, within uh, a few years here, it sounds like we're going to be racking up some pretty cool Star Wars titles. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's going to be similar to the how the movie release schedule is, where Battlefront will come out with every uh, Saga film uh, episode movie, and then another company like Visceral and Respawns will come out with the uh, Star Wars story films. So I don't know if that was uh, intentional or that's just how it works out, but I think that's how it's going to play out moving forward, So, which I find mm. interesting. But yeah, this video, I mean, but the press conference, first off, I was I found out the EA press conference was happening Sunday, on Sunday. <laughs> so I, I sent you a text, hey, it's happening today, like at 1 o'clock. I, I was expecting it to be on Monday or Tuesday or something like that, but it was a nice surprise to get it a little early. So um, I don't know, going into it, oh, we were talking about how we were expecting maybe like a short teaser for Battlefront 2, kind of like the first teaser we got for the first Battlefront that had the snow speeder crashing on Hoth, something like that, but... Uh, we didn't really get anything like that. This was more similar to the E3 that came uh, after that initial Battlefront teaser where they had that short behind-the-scene video, which was cool. And this one, of course, like you said, gave us an insight to more of the other games being developed by the other studios. And, I mean, it, while we didn't see too much of it, it still got me excited for what's to come. I mean, uh, the first thing that stood out to me is not really anything they showed, but uh, <laughs> more than what was said. Because the first portion of the video was mainly talking about... Uh, Battlefront, and one of the like the head producers on there, uh, she was talking about how she's excited to be exploring, you know, new characters, new environments, new maps, and she said new eras too, which is you know she's saying they're listening to the fans. You know, a lot of fans have been saying, you know, we want uh, Clone Wars content, prequel era content in there, and they already hinted at that that we're going to be getting some you know sequel trilogy stuff too. The Force Awakens levels we know are coming. They hinted at that pretty much said as much so uh, i think also too that's what motive studios is going to be working on where they'll be handling the focus on the force awakens and sequel trilogy stuff and dice will be handling uh probably the core gameplay aspect i don't know if they're going to be adding uh new maps for the original trilogy that we got to yet but i think by the time the dlcs are all up for battlefront one they should have them mostly covered so i'm hoping they'll be doing some prequel stuff on there too so i just like how she said eras and there are some of the new things that they're working on so don't want to get my hopes up too much because <laughs> i don't want to be disappointed if it's not there but even if the prequel era stuff isn't just in battlefront i think we're going to see it in one of these three games because they've been talking about how they're excited to bring a star wars experience that's different for each fan and from each different time period and i'm betting if we don't get any you know clone wars prequel content in battlefront I think we're going to see it in Respawn's game because, mm -hmm. as we know, they're doing stuff with lightsaber combat. And even on Star Wars Com just today, they posted you know, their recap of E3 and how when they had their section for the new game coming from uh, Respawn, it said how um, it's in a different timeline, not yet seen in an EA Star Wars title. So we know they haven't covered prequel stuff, really. And the only thing I was thinking of, maybe if we get an old Republic type lightsaber combat action adventure game but when i heard that an ea game had in a timeline that ea hasn't done yet 
and we know they have the old republic so they got that covered so that makes me hopeful that we might get some uh lightsaber combat action set in the prequel clone wars era i mean how awesome would it be if you know they if this is another avenue if they take from some of those unused clone wars stories or ideas that they oh didn't get a chance gosh. to finish like forget that siege of mandalore arc in a game oh. that would be pretty darn cool so my head's going crazy with speculation on that. Again, I got to keep it in check, not get too excited. So I won't be disappointed what it actually is. But I do like where they're going, how there's pretty much going to be something for everyone, every Star Wars fan going forward. Because at the end of the video, I believe it was Jade Raven who said that, you know, we want every Star Wars fan to feel that they're living out their fantasy, like no matter what generation you're from. So that got me excited and just glad to hear, for the most part, it sounds like they're listening to the feedback that they got from Battlefront. And, you know, that was kind of a big criticism where just focus on the original trilogy where there's so much more they can expand to. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for what's coming. And again, haven't even talked about the <laughs> sneak peek we got at Visceral's game, which there was rumors going around that it was going to be maybe a Han Solo-centric action-adventure game, but they came out and said that it's going to be a new storyline with new characters and that short glimpse we got of that uh, character walking out, which looks like, you know, I don't know if it is Tatooine or Moss Eisley. It looks pretty similar to it, but it does definitely look like it's a new character. So, and another thing too, it's pretty awesome that they got Doug Chang working with them too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if what his exact position or title is working on that game, but just, you know, his background being a concept designer for the prequel trilogy and the force awakens. And he's an awesome artist. So to have him in there too, just as either to bounce ideas off of is just another cool resource for EA and them to have. So yeah, I'm excited for all the stuff coming just now a matter of time to wait to see, <laughs> not only to what those games actually are and what they pertain to, but to actually play them too. So, mm-hmm. but we got a lot of stuff to hold us over to, which is awesome. Yeah, no, and definitely, I mean, like you were talking about that, that respawn game sounds really exciting. Um, I mean, they, they do say uh, featuring a different style of gameplay and set in a different timeline, not yet seen in an EA Star Wars title. Well, right now, the only EA Star Wars title that we've seen is Battlefront. So it could be, I, basically what they're saying is that it could be any type of game in any period of the Star Wars game universe other than, you know, it's not going to be original trilogy and it's not going to be a first person shooter. Um, But, you know, seeing the lightsaber combat stuff. um, Yeah, I think it is a pretty good bet that it's either going to be set during, during the Clone Wars or prequel era or sometime in the old Republic Um, because during the, the rise of the empire time and, you know, the, the period like in between, uh, the, the Clone Wars and the original trilogy, um, there's not a whole lot of lightsaber fighting going on. Um, you know, I mean, obviously in Rebels, we've got, you know, Kanan and Ezra and a bunch of Inquisitors, but I don't really see that being, you know, ripe ground for a, a lightsaber game there. Yeah. Um, and we know that as far as future stuff, like, I highly doubt, well, unless, the I mean, the game could be set in between episodes six and seven, um that's true too but even then i mean because i'm thinking you know we know that luke did try to start a a new jedi order so you know you could be playing as some of luke's jedi in training but i would imagine you're not really going to have many guys many enemies with lightsabers to fight Um, so i would yeah i would think it's it's probably either you know clone wars or, or old republic era there and that should be really cool to see um and then also yeah like you said with the visceral game um got a little bit of footage there um 
not, you know, not a Han Solo game as many people were thinking. Unless, I mean, he could still make an appearance in there somewhere, but... Um, and I think he'd be also doing like a 13-13 game where they just had that standing character for that first trailer, but in reality it would be Boba Fett in the finished game. That's like true, except the thing is their their intent with 13-13 wasn't to make a... That, that character was never supposed to be a stand-in character. It wasn't them trying to keep a secret that Boba Fett was going to be in the game. What they did was they started, at least from what I've heard and, you know, reading interviews with the developers and stuff after the game was canceled, um, it's that they showed that gameplay footage or, you know, the, the trailer or whatever, and everybody thought it looked really good. But then George Lucas kind of got his hands on it and was like, Hey, what you guys working on? Cool bounty hunter game. Let's make it about Boba Fett. Um, and so then they tried, then they, they tried to spin it and make it sound like, oh, we're keeping a secret, but you know, in reality it was, you know, them basically not biting the hand that fed them. And, you know, they didn't want to say, Hey guys, George Lucas changed the game. It's not about this character anymore. You know, they were still trying to keep the secret there. Um, but I mean, I, I doubt that's going to be the case here. Um, but yeah, there, there are also a couple of of small glimpses of things um, here. If you go through this video, um, just, you know, things that you see on people's computer screens and stuff as they're working <laughs> on these games, like for Battlefront, uh, you can see one image of, uh, a, you know, a designer or a programmer working on uh, placing some X-Wings in a trench that looks like it's probably going to be from the, the Death Star uh, DLC pack that we know is coming out later this year. Um, looks like some, you know, it could be, some kind of trench run mission, but there's also a Star Destroyer off in the background, so I don't know if this will be... I'm still wondering if this is going to be Death Star 1 or Death Star 2. Um, yeah. Because I think Death Star 2 would kind of make for a more exciting, um, you know, playable, like, dogfight map, because then you got... Well, you got different kinds of fighters, for one. Um, you know, because that's when the Alliance brought out the A-Wings and B-Wings and the, the Imperials had... Well, actually, yeah, now that I think about it, I can almost guarantee it's going to be Death Star 2 because we've already got A-Wings in the game and those weren't at the Battle of Yavin. Um, unless they, like, swap out the A-Wings for Y-Wings. Um, like, better yet, just give us both. Give us an option to, you know, play yeah. one Death well, Star 1 and 2. Yeah, if if it's... Uh, oh, between both Death Star battles? Hey, I would not complain if we got to play <laughs> both. Um, but, you know, then you could also have, you know, instead of just the plain well actually i guess it's not quite plain black space because you'd have yavin in the background but uh on the second death star battle endor was closer so you'd have kind of more scenery there plus you know lots of capital ships filling the sky around you so um that would be awesome to see also if you skip forward a little bit um it also looks like bosk will probably be a playable hero at some point um i would think probably with the death star dlc just because i can't really imagine who else they're going to add as an imperial hero um, and I would think for the Rebels, they'll probably either add, I'm thinking either Chewie or Ben Kenobi. Um, yeah, oh, there's I'm, still a part of me that thinks that maybe Tarkin might be the villain character in that. And even though we don't see him in action, I mean, it's, it's a battlefront game. Stuff doesn't make sense in any way. As much as they like to say they're adhering to the canon, it doesn't. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could still see Tarkin make an appearance here, but yeah, boss, I mean, yeah, he's definitely there. I just have a feeling. If he's not being part of that Death Star pack, maybe just like a free bonus character you get to use on all the maps or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know, though, because then they'd have to release a free Rebel character, too. Um, although, they, I mean, they could do that because then they could give us Chewie and Obi-Wan. Yeah. 
And Chewie um, would be the perfect counterpoint to Boss. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, that's true, because then they could make them both big. Like, I would love to play as Chewie, but I keep thinking the only disadvantage is that he's tall, and if you're in, like, a crowded area, everybody's, you know, especially all the snipers, they're going to see Chewie's head sticking up above everybody else. So he'd have to have, like, a lot of extra health to make up for that. But you could kind of do the same thing with Bosk for the Imperial side. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't see them... I just don't really see them adding Tarkin. Um, you know, they keep talking about... Well, I was going to say they keep talking about wanting to fulfill your Star Wars battle fantasies, and I'm like... Nobody wants to run around and shoot people as Tarkin. He's, you know, one of the more intellectual, you know, scheming characters. Um, you know, he he's a thinking man's villain. He's not a an action video game villain. But then again, neither is Neon Numb. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> God, he's annoying when he gets you in those matches when you're not on the rebels. <laughs> yeah. I do like playing as him though. Mostly because I just lay down the auto turrets and then go run and hide. Exactly. And <laughs> pop out, the other pop out and shoot somebody occasionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, I mean, you could see some of that stuff in the video. Also, um, when Motive Studios is talking about, uh, you know, their contribution to Battlefront, you can see another screenshot. And like you were talking about um, how you thought they were going to be the ones doing uh, possibly the sequel trilogy content for for the new Battlefront game. Um, I mean, the thing that kind of backs this up is in this video, as he's talking about this, you see a screenshot or, you know, some concept art or something on somebody's monitor of uh, what looks like an, you know, another aerial battle. It would probably be like a fighter squadron type map. But you can clearly tell that there are first order TIE fighters and Star Destroyers in this battle. Um so yeah, and, very much looks like Star Killer Base in one of those shots. Yeah. Um or I mean I, I think it could just be clouds too. It's just kind of like a, a bright, you know, almost white looking surface underneath them. But I it could be Star Killer Base as well. Um and regardless, I think if we're getting sequel trilogy content, we're definitely getting Star Killer Base as a playable uh planet in there. Yeah, and unless um, they're putting episode eight stuff we don't know about in there yet. <laughs> There's only two planets they can really give us. <laughs> yeah. They got Jakku. Well, and I would think, I don't know. I mean, this game is coming out next year. We would assume around the same time that Battlefront did last year. So, you know, probably November. I would think it'll probably come with some episode eight content. Um, and then with, you know, even more probably added through DLC. So, yeah. Well, they might just do the um, same thing. We'll get the first DLC will be like the Battle of Jakku, like two weeks before the movie comes out. Mm -hmm. But I'm also hoping, I mean, obviously at this point, episode eight is almost done shooting. So they know what the locations and what the planets yeah. are going to be. Um, and now that they've got two studios working on the sequel and that they already, you know, sort of laid the groundwork for the game in the first Battlefront and they don't have to completely do it from scratch. Um, you know, hopefully they'd be able to... Uh, get some of those planets in there ahead of time now. Um, although, I mean, I guess with Jakku, you know, it only came out you know, a couple weeks after Battlefront release, so that wasn't too long either. And you know what, another thing I was just thinking about, too, how uh, Motive is, you know, helping out DICE and creating what looks like to be Force Awakens or sequel trilogy content in there. So, you know that DICE is going to be working on something else, and we were talking before about how maybe there will be doing, like, uh, either adding like what my dream would be, you know, prequel content they're working on or just fine tuning some other stuff that's going to be in there. But really what they're probably working on is the single player campaign. And they haven't announced that yet. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised they didn't say that, but you know, when all they say, we listen to our fans and they tell us what they want. I think, 
the most requested thing has been single player campaigns. So Absolutely. Which, I kind of like to think that's probably what they're mainly focused on while motive is taking care of the other stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising to me. I mean, I obviously, if the next battlefront comes out with a single player campaign, I will definitely play it. Um, but I'm surprised that it's been so heavily criticized for that because the thing that I was most looking forward to about this game was playing online multiplayer with people. Um, and even, you know, with the, with the original Battlefront games back on, you know, the first Xbox and PS2 and whatever, um, I mean, I played through the campaign, I guess, you know, several times over the many years that I played Battlefront 2, um, but still, you know, 95% of the hours I spent playing that game was just doing, you know, instant action and galactic conquests and playing against, like, my dad and my sister and my friends and, um, but I would pretty much just always play on the same console doing split screen. And so when this game came out, you know, I was like, man, I really want to get into, you know, some intense battles, like with friends online. And I mean, that's exactly what we've been doing and it's fulfilled, you know, my star Wars battle fantasy in that respect. Um, heck we were just online playing last night and, you know, both racking up the kills and fighter squadron. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, I'm not surprised that people are disappointed that there was no campaign. I mean, I was slightly disappointed myself because I would have liked to have it in there. But at the same time, I was kind of surprised that it was that heavily criticized for it. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned back, you know, again, this was a couple weeks ago before E3 when they first, you know, just announced that they were going to be releasing a new Battlefront game next year. Um, and I think it was either in that announcement or in an interview that I read afterwards that they said, um, you know, we're not ready to reveal any details yet at this time about what will be in the game. But, um, you know, we, we've definitely listened to our fans and, you know, we'll just say that much. It was kind of like a hint, hint, wink, wink kind of thing. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that definitely, uh, like, if anything, I think that means there'll be a single player campaign. And secondly, after that, I think there'll probably be, you know, like you said, more eras. It looks like there's definitely going to be sequel trilogy stuff and hopefully prequel content as well. Um, even if not, I mean, if there's not prequel trilogy content in this next game, I'll be slightly disappointed, but I'll, I'll take the progression of, you know, one era in the first game, two eras in the second game, and then there better be three eras by the time <laughs> Battlefront 3 comes out. Yeah, by the time Battlefield, or Battlefront 3, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, the disappointment will become upset for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... And then the the third thing after that, um, you know, be single player campaign, uh, new eras, and then maybe space battles as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, definitely looking forward to this. Um, I, I already know where sixty dollars of my hard earned money is going next year, regardless of what ends up being announced in the game. You also mentioned sure. earlier how we were maybe thinking we might get a little teaser, um, you know, like a teaser announcement trailer for Battlefront Two, but we didn't get that this time. I, I I don't know how like what what number or percentage to put on this, but I'm I, I have a very strong feeling that we'll get that at Celebration Europe, um, if anything, because you know they they did say that they would be revealing some new stuff about um, new Star Wars games there as well. Um, and it's still, you know, obviously too early for us to be seeing gameplay footage or anything. But with the first Battlefront, I think we got that first teaser trailer, what, like two or three years before the game came out. Um, yeah, and this 2013. is only, yep. yeah, yeah. And this is only, well, yeah, so I guess it was maybe like two and a half years. Um, but this is, you know, now we're like a year and a half out from the second game. So I, 
it would be cool to get, you know, a, a little something there. Um, but I think here they were more focused on sort of just the, the general big picture going forward. And then also on the, uh, the Bespin, uh, the Battlefront DLC as well. Um, but a couple other things that we haven't even mentioned yet. Um, in addition to all these new titles that they were talking about, there's also Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, which comes out the end of this month, uh, June 28th. Um, and the playable demo for that game is now available for free. Uh, you can go play that on, uh, you know, your, I think, is it only, is this one only Xbox One and uh, PS4? Yeah, and I believe so. PC, I, I believe, but... Um, as far as the demo anyway, I think. Yeah. Too, but. Well, I, I don't know if this is also coming to... Uh, you know, 360 and the, the older consoles. I but, think it is because the Lego games <laughs> always end up on every console that's out there. Yeah, and yeah that's true. Um, I mean, I would not be surprised if it's still coming out for those. Um, but man, I, I downloaded it. I played it. It is a ton of fun. Um, you had to play through the, the NEMA outpost uh, section, you know, from the movie where Ray and Finn meet for the first time. And then they're uh, running from the start or running from the, the first order and the stormtroopers and everything. And then you get to the part where they find the Millennium Falcon and take off and you actually get to fly through the junkyard and stuff. Um, and man, it was just a ton of fun. Uh, lots yep. of new gameplay elements in there that I liked. Yeah, like being able to jump into big laser turrets and shooting down TIE fighters and, uh, and the cover the, mechanic. Yeah, yeah the, the third person shooter cover mechanic, um, plus some some nice little features where um, they, I, I think they've overall sort of integrated combat into the game more to it now where um, you, you like have a score meter that racks up as you kill more enemies without taking damage or without dying yourself. You get, you know, a score multiplier that increases the amount of money that you get. Um, I don't know if other Lego games have done that because it's been a while since I've played a new one. Like I haven't played, you know, Lego Avengers or Lego Batman three or whatever they're up to now. Um, but that was, that was cool. Um, and then there's also like a, a supercharged power up meter that fills up as you go. Um, and when that fills up all the way, you can like supercharge your blaster and just jump out and, you know, just pulverize people. Um, so yeah, I had a blast playing it and I will definitely be buying that game when it comes out. Yeah. Same here. I tried it yesterday too. And I don't know, it looked good from the trailer, but I don't know if I was going to get it right away. Cause I've kind of been, you know, burned out on the Lego games. I played so many of them <laughs> and it was coming to a point where it just got a little bit repetitive despite, you know, the different properties that it gets, but yeah, it's like you said, this one was really fun to play through and had those new gameplay elements that I wasn't expecting that added to it. Like like I mentioned, the third-person cover mechanic, the turrets that you get to go into, and flying the Falcon was really fun. And as always, the LEGO games have great humor in that. Mm. <laughs> See with Kylo Ren, too, where the first order <laughs> officer goes to tell him about <laughs> BB-8 leaving Jakku. <laughs> I just loved his decked-out Darth Vader shrine in his room. <laughs> yeah. This is so funny. So yeah, I think I'm going to be with you with probably getting this one sooner than I thought I would. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, see, for me, I knew I was going to be getting it as soon as it came out. Um, and I think I've kind of reached that point, too, in the past where I kind of got burnt out on Lego games, just playing a ton of them. Um, but it's been a few years since I've played a new one now. So jumping back into this one, I was like, you know, it felt familiar, but it also kind of felt fresh. Like I said, there were a lot of new gameplay elements. The the visuals looked really nice. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm ready for this type of game again. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, um, but I, I just, every time I play and start a new Lego game, I was like, we'll see if I get invested with where I want to collect every bolt and complete every, you know, oh, yeah. Set. I forget what those container pieces are called, but it's yeah, like 10 per level. Kits. 
yeah, the mini kits. But then I always get sucked in and <laughs> collecting everything. <laughs> and it's a, I mean, it makes it worth the purchase where you you keep playing it longer than when you finish the story mode. So it'll probably be the case when The Force Awakens comes out too for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing for me is I'm not sure if I'm going to get the regular version or the the special edition that comes with, you know, it's an extra $10 and you get the season pass. And I'm like, well, how much extra DLC are they, uh, you know, going to add to a Lego game? Yeah. I mean, that's still my only kind of hesitation about it is that in the past, every Lego Star Wars game has encompassed, you know, three of the movies. And then you got Lego Star Wars, the Clone Wars, which had, you know, the first like two or three seasons of the show in there. Um, and now they're making one based off of just one movie. And I'm like, they're kind of, you know, it seems like they might be a little short on content there, but I also know from some of the other trailers that they've released that um, they're kind of expanding the story a little bit. They've got some bonus missions in there, and I'm not sure if these are part of the game or if it's part of the, the season pass that you buy later. Um, and I know there are a lot of uh, character packs that are going to be released as DLC as well, but um, as far as some of those bonus story missions, I know one of them, um, you actually get to play as Han and Chewie uh, hunting the Rathars like, yeah. before that part of the, the movie. So um, that seems like it'll be a lot of fun. And you know, hopefully, I don't know if any of that stuff is actually going to count as canon but um yeah, <laughs> yeah you, i wouldn't put too much into that <laughs> yeah but i mean either way it'll be fun to you know kind of expand the story a little bit in those ways but what i'm interested in is that because i said you're going to find out how c3po lost his red arm in the game but the comic just came out not too long ago so we got that story now i'm curious to see how much the game will follow that comic that came out because... oh see i didn't even know they said that in the in the uh the, or that that was going to happen in the game yeah. i knew the comic was out but um, it should make for an interesting level because nothing but droids in there. It's almost yeah. like the Clone Wars episode with Gascon. <laughs> <laughs> Minus Gascon, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, depending <laughs> on your own point of view. <laughs> uh, that is true. Um, so, yeah, we've got that to look forward to. Uh, they also talked a little bit about um, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes and Star Wars The Old Republic and just uh, – you know, new things that they've added to those games recently and how they're going to keep growing in the future. Um, I have to say, I really haven't played the old Republic much lately. Um, just because I've, I mean, I've kind of been busier in general this year anyway. Um, but then all my free time for gaming has pretty much gone into battlefront. Um, but I've also spent a significant amount of time with that galaxy of heroes mobile game as well. Um, that's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see them keep adding content to that game. Still got to um, download that. I mean, the, everything I'm wishing for in like Battlefront to combine all the eras of Star Wars that game has. So <laughs> yeah, I really need to play that one. But I'm like sucked into another like mobile, like free to play downloadable games that I can't break away from. So, <laughs> well, once you download Galaxy of Heroes, you'll be sucked into that one. I know. <laughs> um, I, know I, I, I just got to download it at least and then <laughs> click the button later at some point. But I just got to download it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so a couple other things, um, we'll, we'll expand on the, uh, the battlefront announcements here a little bit more, um, because one other thing they did show, uh, later on at the Sony press conference at E3, um, was just a brief teaser trailer for, uh, a PlayStation exclusive, um, battlefront X-Wing virtual reality mission, um, where you'll get to, you know, if you have the, the PlayStation VR headset, you can actually play first person like in the cockpit of an X-Wing. And it looks like it's actually going to be a space battle mission, which I'm like, man, you lucky PlayStation fans. Um, I mean, it, it didn't really show, it showed maybe like 
just some X-Wings flying and then like uh, jump into light speed or whatever. And then at the very end, you see them start to engage with, uh, you know, some TIE fighters. So it's not really much to go off of in terms of gameplay, but it does look promising. I mean, look, it's it's first person virtual reality flying an X-Wing like you I don't know, even man. have to show me footage like I'm sold, except I don't have a PlayStation or a virtual reality headset. And, you know, I- I'm not going to go out and buy a ps4 just for one exclusive mission um (laughs) by the time battlefront 2 rolls around if you can play that whole game in vr well we might have something to talk about i don't know um yeah this one i'm torn on because i do have a ps4 but and i'm not sold on virtual reality yet because i haven't tried it and i don't know where i probably will get to try it (laughs) until it comes out maybe they'll have it on display at stores with kiosks and stuff like that but my thing is it looks cool. It sounds cool. Like you said, they didn't have to show anything. Just talking about, you know, virtual reality experience, first person in the cockpit of an X-Wing. I mean, it just sounds cool. Like, how awesome is it? I mean, the combat would be awesome, but just to go through light speed, that was really, really cool in virtual reality. But I don't know. If, my big thing is I don't know if I'll be able to handle the VR because I never experienced it. And I heard different people say, you know, VR is not for me. Kind of got dizzy or it just kind of made me feel sick afterwards so it's kind of depends on the person if they could handle virtual reality so like what if i go out and buy it spend 400 bucks on it and then i can't handle it like it makes me sick every time i use it and it'd be a waste so i don't know i want to try it somehow so hopefully it'll be on display as like a demo or something that i can try out yeah. and i think the other thing they said too were for ps4 owners who already had battlefront it'll be available as like free DLC or something like that that you can get. So if you're a PS4 owner and already have Battlefront and planning to get the PlayStation VR, you should be good to go. So it definitely sounds cool. Hopefully it works out. And I don't know. I just have a feeling about the whole virtual reality thing, if it's going to last. I mean, we've had, you know, phases come in games, you know, like the whole motion control fad that ended, the 3D fad with games that pretty much ended. So we'll see how long virtual reality lasts. I mean, all the concepts, I mean, virtual reality has been something that, you know, we've heard about for so long as kids as being like something way advanced in the future. So if it comes out now and it works well and has looks like it can have a sustainable lifespan, I mean, that's something to be excited about where it's got more Star Wars games that are like that. It should be really cool and immersive. So I am hoping that everything works out and it works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like it'll be longer lasting than some of those other fads that you talked about. Um just because, I mean, it's been, I don't know what, like a year or two now since we first started hearing things about this Oculus Rift headset. And, you know, now like more and more companies are jumping on board and they're investing, you know, a lot of money and effort and stuff into it. And it seems like it's just growing. And um, I mean, I don't know. It, it also kind of seems like it's still in the phase now where it's like just coming out to consumers and it's definitely not like a widespread thing yet. Yeah. Um, partially because, you know, whenever the first you know, generation of a new technology comes out, it's always like really expensive um, and is still going to, you know, just get both cheaper and better down the line. So I'm not in any rush to jump into it. Um, The only virtual reality thing I've tried is I have a friend who's got um, like that Samsung headset that you like stick your phone into um, because, you know, he's got an Android phone that works with that. And yeah, I, I played like some kind of space shooter game on there. Um, it wasn't like a, a flight kind of game, so it wouldn't really be anything like flying an X-Wing, but it was basically like you're kind of just sitting on a turret outside this big space cruiser and, you know, shooting down alien fighters that are coming at you. And that was pretty cool. Um, 
and you know, it didn't, I mean, it was maybe like a little bit disorienting, just it being my first time playing it and everything, but it didn't, uh, you know, make me super dizzy or want to throw up or anything like that. Um, it just seems like the kind of thing that I could probably, you know, only play for maybe like an hour or two and then have to take a break. Um, but I don't know if it's certainly if something like that came out for Xbox in the future and if it worked with future Battlefront games, it's something I could potentially see myself getting into. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see where that goes down the line. Yeah, it's funny, like back when I was a kid, like during like the Super Nintendo days and even the N64 days, I always thought like in the future to get like to move advanced from the four player split screen or two player split screen mode systems are going to have their own like virtual reality headsets and that's where everybody's going to be able to you know have their own screen and play together and more than four players and then you know, that was before online gameplay came and that kind of became the new way of multiplayer but ever since back then i always thought virtual reality would be a cool way to play games with other people so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if they have multiplayer games that are going to be in virtual reality i haven't heard too much on that yet i'm sure they're going to be but uh, we'll see how much that would work or how far advanced that will be. So mm -hmm. that'll be that would be pretty cool, I guess. Although, I mean, if you think about it, if you've got four people all using virtual reality headsets to play a game off the same console, I mean, the console would be have to have to be working pretty hard to like process, you know, sending the information to all four of those headsets all at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I'm sure somebody could come up with a way to do it. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they don't want to do that because they want you and your friends to all buy your own Xbox and not everybody have a party at the one guy's house that has the, the system and everybody just bring your own headset. Mm. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to watch and see where they go with that in the future. Um, and then of course, lastly, uh, I know we, we briefly mentioned this before, but then today, uh, they released a, a full gameplay trailer and a bunch of new details for the star Wars battlefront Bespin expansion, uh, which actually, I think I mentioned it comes out next week. That's if you've bought the season pass, um, yeah. it's, it's available for you on the 21st. And then I think they said the season pass owners always get the, the new content like two weeks before everybody else. So then that would mean everybody else would get it like July 5th, I think. Um, but uh, so there are going to be five new maps on uh, Cloud City, um, you know, showing all parts of it here. There's going to be obviously a fighter squadron map, uh, you know, flying around in the skies and around the gas platforms and everything. And then, um, you know, inside Cloud City, you're going to be able to play everywhere from, you know, the, the bright hallways down to the carbon freezing chamber. And um, man, I mean, just certain shots in the trailers showing certain areas of it. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's that exact location from <laughs> yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Like not even just the carbon freezing chamber, but like probably my favorite one was um, out sort of on the catwalks. And you see that big window that's kind of it almost looks like a TIE fighter window, but the window that Vader like throws Luke out of during their fight when he's, you know, using the force to like throw the boxes at him and stuff. Um, so it seems like there'll just be a, a lot of really cool sort of recognizable locations in there, um, which will be cool to see. Cause I mean, now that I think about it, it's like of all the stuff we've got so far in battlefront, um, there aren't really a whole lot of, of places that are, you know, that make you go like, Oh man, this is that exact place from the movie. Um, except for like Jabba's palace 
and uh but even you know the the maps on like tatooine and endor and stuff it's kind of just more generic like in that setting and you know you feel like you're on the planet but you can't really there, there aren't a lot of things that you can connect to like a certain moment in the movie so it was really cool to see that in the bespin trailer because obviously there are a lot of particular areas in cloud city where particular scenes happen yeah um, man i think it would be fitting if i use a quote from lando in empire strikes back to describe this trailer you look absolutely beautiful. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Yeah. Even from that screenshot and a little tease we got in that video, it, I knew it was going to look good, but man, this trailer really blew me away just how gorgeous these levels are going to look. Man, I can't decide what's out of these new maps that they were showing, what's my favorite, the interior or the exterior portions of it? Because what the trailer begins where it's in the daylight, you're fighting outside on Cloud City, there's... ATATs and ATST walkers out on there on the platforms. It just looks so good. And not to mention fighter squadron in Cloud City. That seeing the Falcon fly through it under like in the clouds and going through the Tabana gas containers, man, it just looks so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it, it blew me away. Yeah, you know? I, I think the outdoor stuff was what surprised me the most because I mean I imagined, you know, playing outside on the platforms and stuff like that, but um yeah, I guess I was like all I had to go on so far was I was just picturing the the Bespin maps from Battlefront Two, um, just obviously with well actually I guess there were more Bespin maps in Battlefront One, um, you know obviously talking about the old Battlefront One where they had Bespin platforms and Bespin Cloud City. I was kind of just picturing those, but obviously with you know much better updated graphics and stuff. Um, but yeah, as soon as you see those shots where you're like outside in the streets and on the, the walkways and stuff, and then there are like AT-ATs and ATSTs, I was like, man, I didn't imagine that, but yeah. <laughs> like, it makes sense and it looks really freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, turning point or walker assault or supremacy on this map. Oh man, it's going to be so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course we got new heroes as well with, uh, Lando and Dengar, um, a new vehicle that being the uh the Bespin cloud car um which i mean i'm that's not my favorite vehicle or anything but it'll be cool to get some variety in there i guess and you know obviously i'm going to try it out and see how it uh how well it handles and you know what it's like playing through that um we got a new sabotage game mode which uh, the description for that just says the empire has deployed several tractor beams on the surface of cloud city that prevents rebel ships from escaping the planet in order to power the tractor beams. The empire makes use of Tabana gas generators that draw from the Tabana gas native to Bespin. So it doesn't actually say what you have to do, but I, I assume it's going to be the rebels trying to shut down or destroy these generators so that their ships can take off and the empire trying to stop them from doing that. So, um, and I, I kind of hope too, it's not, you know, kind of like the same thing where the empire defends the rebels try to attack uh, hopefully where there's going to be some defense involved with the empire hopefully it's something where they have to take the tabana gas and like move it to some other location to power up that tractor beam so it's not just defending you have to actually complete an objective too. why the rebels have to try to stop you and hence the title of the mode sabotage you mm -hmm. from building that tractor beam yeah or maybe once the uh maybe once the rebels destroy the generators then maybe the empire gets a chance to like try to destroy the ships before they take off or something like that yeah that'd be fun that's <laughs> um, what we were talking about when we we're playing extraction like a few weeks ago where like too bad we just can't destroy those transports <laughs> right it's like you got the engines of this rebel transport sitting right above your head and the rebels are coming at you with cargo. And I'm like, man, I could just let you get on this cargo ship and chuck a thermal detonator in your engine and yeah. that would solve all our problems <laughs> really quick. 
calling an orbital strike or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Match one. <laughs> <laughs> you see the rebels like the first transport is away, and it just got shot down by a star destroyer. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked cool visually too. If they did that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then of course we got new weapons as well. Uh, this X8 night sniper. Um, which of course sounds like it would be a new sniper rifle, but no, it's a little pistol. Um, but it sounds like just from, from the description, it sounds like it might be something I'm going to be using a lot. Um, it says it's a blaster pistol with decent range, cooling power and rain, or, oh, sorry, decent damage, cooling power and range. Um, it stands out due to its enhanced scope with heat vision capable of revealing humanoids in most weather and times of day. Um, so I'm guessing that's going to be good at seeing through smoke grenades, um, and just, you know, explosions and things. There, there are times when, you know, the game gets really hectic and you're at one end of a hallway and it's like, you know, there's an enemy down there, but you just can't line up a good shot at him because there's people running past you and blaster fire and explosions and smoke and stuff going on. And you're just like, I can't see where I'm shooting. Um, but from what we see in the trailer, it's like you zoom in with this thing and it highlights where the enemies are for you. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, and then there's also, uh, the EE4 blaster, which sounds like kind of a combination between, and it definitely looks like it's inspired by Boba Fett's blaster, which is the EE3. Um, and it's, it got a very similar style barrel, just shorter, um, same kind of scope on it, but it looks kind of like a, a submachine gun variation of it, basically like the, um, What's the and I, I apologize for people who play Battlefront and have no idea what we're talking about right now, but it's a fun game and you should try it out. Uh, the, like that one, um, not the Scout pistol, but the you know which one I'm talking about. The fires like the five shot bursts. Yeah, that's actually the one I've been using more recently. But yeah, yeah I, I it, never really remember the number. I think it's like part. I want to say it's like SC14 or something like that. Um, but it sounds like this blaster is going to be kind of a combination between the, the SC-14 and the EE-3, um, where it's going to be, I don't know, have, have like a, a higher rate of fire, but a, um, maybe slightly less accuracy and less range. Um, so it'll be interested to try that out. Um, I don't use that other pistol a whole lot, but I have, it's funny, the Boba Fett blaster used to be kind of my, my uh, standard go-to. Um, and I think like if I check my stats, I think that's the weapon I've still gotten the most kills with um, in the game, even though I don't use it much, you know, currently. Um, but, you know, anyway, always fun to, you know, be able to check out these new weapons and stuff. Then there's also new star cards with uh, you got scout binoculars that reveal enemy units to your whole team. You've got a shock grenade, which... This is going to suck. I can already tell. This is going to be <laughs> annoying. It says the shock grenade delivers a non-lethal electrical discharge, leaving anyone caught in the field incapable of moving. Um, and again, they showed this in the trailer, too, where, you know, some stormtroopers just kind of look like they're getting electrocuted. Um, so it's like, yeah, somebody's going to hit you with a grenade and it's not going to kill you. It's just going to let you stand there and watch as they finish you off. Um, yeah, I just know, like... And matches like cargo where oh I'm post close to picking up the cargo I got it or oh. I'm real close to scoring and then they throw that grenade and you're just stuck there like oh Arr. my gosh that would be the worst it's gonna happen and yet, it's gonna yeah yeah it's totally most. gonna happen <laughs> um and then there's also a, a disruption you know kind of pulse thing it's a localized disruption wave that knocks out enemy blasters turrets and droids um. So, yeah, definitely I'll be interested to see, you know, how all this new stuff gets integrated into the game. But um, 
and we already have a heck of a lot of fun playing it right now and it just seems like it's going to get even better with these new additions especially you know like you said just the the fantastic looking visuals of cloud city um so yeah and no, i'm I just get... excited that we get this next week like i, I can't wait to play this already <laughs> i know we were wondering when we're going to get a trailer for this and when exactly is the dlc coming out because it just said summer for so long and it is while we did have to wait and that kind of sucked a little bit but it is cool once we get the details and like this trailer and you only have to wait a week after you see how awesome it looks and just can't wait anymore. So that is a good feeling when you get an announcement and it comes out like really close afterwards. So although I'm not going to say it's got me excited for like the full game when it came out, but I'm pretty excited for this one just to play it because all the content looks and sounds great. Not quite as like a new game would, but as a new DLC for it. Yeah. I couldn't be more excited for it. Mm -hmm. And we forgot to mention too, how in the beginning of the trailer, we see the, Imperial Royal Guards out on the battlefield too, which was yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and also um, there are some new Rebel Troopers in here as well, like the Rebel Fleet Troopers from uh, the Tantive Four. Um, yeah, so I'm that's guessing right. I'm guessing those will be, um, you know, more uh, character customizations that you can unlock. Just like right now, you can get you know Rebel alien characters, and you can get the, the Scout Trooper and the um, Shadow Trooper for the Imperials. Um, then you got standard Bespin soldier too. That's behind Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if that'll be something kind of like the emperor where those are specific guys that just spawn with Lando. Probably. Yeah. Um, but also see what I would like to see them do is instead of like, if they're going to add Royal guards to the game, I don't, I, I don't think I'd want to like buy that as a customization. I think they should just make, they, they should change it so that you can unlock shock troopers and that the royal guards become the guys that spawn with the emperor. Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it made sense the other way around, you know, the first time releasing the game because they didn't have royal guards. And I was like, okay, I can buy that, you know, shock troopers would be there flanking the emperor. But if you're going to add royal guards in now, it's like, well, those kind of have to be the emperor's guys. Um, yeah. But, but I don't know. I, they have the shows of firing blasters, but I can't help but wonder, I mean, if there is a way for them to use their uh, combat uh, blades that they have too, or those their sticks that they use. Yeah. The force pikes or whatever. Yeah. Mm, that'd um, be awesome to play as, as well. That would be, but the, well, I don't know. I mean, those could kind of be hero units as well. Cause I'm like right now, the only people in the game with melee weapons are, you know, Luke and Vader. So, mm -hmm. um, but speaking of Vader, how awesome was that? And shot of Vader in that familiar, you know, carbon freezing oh, chamber yeah. empire walking down the stairs and throwing his lightsaber. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I can't wait for this. Yeah. And, you know, less than a week till we get to play it. So, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, but, man, yeah, obviously, like we said, lots of good stuff here. Um, just, you know, aside from the, the Bespin DLC, lots of just little teases and things here and there. Um, but also, you know, excited for the Lego Star Wars game coming out as well. And then um, just the, the future for Star Wars games is starting to look just as bright as it is for the movies. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we say in our intro, the future is bright, uh, you know, talking mostly about the Star Wars movies now, you know, because we've known for a while now that we're going to be getting one of those coming out every year. Um, but to start seeing how these games are coming together and knowing that we're going to start getting a lot of these released as well. Um, it's like, man, it's just going to be even more awesome Star Wars content coming out. And this has kind of been a long time coming too, because we first got that announcement that EA has a Star Wars license early 2013, because we got that 
first Battlefront teaser in June of 2013. And yeah. So, yeah, just kind of like when it was announced that Disney bought Lucasfilm when we, we get new movies out took three years. And while we did get Battlefront last year, so it was only a two year wait to kind of get the ball really rolling. We're going to get a new Star Wars game every year is uh, going to come to fruition next year. So mm-hmm. knowing that EA bought the license and new, no new game. I can't even say no new. <laughs> we knew some other games were coming down the pike besides Battlefront because we've heard about Visceral for so long now. And now that we finally got some ideas of what that's going to be like, we got the Respawn news and the announcement that Star Wars is kind of become an annual franchise for EA where we're going to get one every year, which is going to kick off next year with Battlefront too. So um, it's kind of been a long time coming and a long wait for it, but I think it's going to be worth it just mm-hmm. from that tease we got in the video and just from what we've already experienced with Battlefront, you know, I know it has its detractors, but it's safe to say you and me have been enjoying it. And it's definitely lived up to the hype we've had, despite, you know, some of the issues we had when the announcement first came of what it wasn't going to have. But we moved past it. We knew it's going to probably be addressed in the sequel, and it looks like most of it will. So, yeah, I couldn't be more excited for it to have awesome games go with some awesome movies, hopefully, all coming about at the same time. It's going to be great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, it kind of has been a long time coming, but at the same time, I'm glad that EA has sort of taken this approach and didn't try to just shoehorn a bunch of stuff in there and, you know, just rush out a bunch of, you know, mediocre Star Wars games just for the sake of of making money off of it. We got enough Um, of those to last a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there there was a time, too, uh, kind of from like 2000 two or three to around you know oh five oh six where we were getting like three or four star wars games a year and a lot of them were pretty good um but you know obviously at that point there were a lot of different studios working on them and i think you know with this i mean that was two console generations ago so just with the the processing power of the consoles now and the graphics engines and all that kind of stuff i think it just takes you know generally takes longer to make a good game nowadays um but uh yeah, you know, like you said, it was like early 2013 when we first found out that EA had the license. And I think the announcement was that like they had the exclusive license for the next 10 years or something like that. Um, and so then, you know, by that point this year, it was kind of like, OK, well, you know, it's been three years and I know it takes you know a while to develop a game. So I wasn't really surprised that Battlefront was the only one that we had gotten so far. But it was also like you know, we haven't even really gotten any official announcements about any other games coming out, um, except that, you know, Visceral was working on one, but we haven't gotten any title announcements or anything like that. So it was nice to finally get sort of our fi- our first official look of just kind of what's coming down the road. Um, and again, hoping we get more of this kind of stuff at Celebration Europe later this summer. Um, you know, maybe a, a teaser trailer for that next Battlefront game, maybe some titles of uh of some of the upcoming you know the other upcoming games coming out um but i i think for now this is kind of enough to whet my appetite going forward plus you know again we're going to be plenty occupied with the uh the awesome bespin stuff coming out so um yeah lots of good stuff here definitely uh an exciting time to be a star wars fan and a gamer uh at the same time so totally i mean if you're not a gamer and just only cared about Star Wars games as a Star Wars fan, you're going to be looking forward to E3 every year now. <laughs> yeah. It's safe to say we're going to be getting some new like looks and announcements for the foreseeable future, future at E3 from now on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I think we're just about done uh, talking about all the game stuff. Um, 
Also, just sort of as a, a note going forward, um, we are, I, I know our whole sort of Thunderquack podcast network is trying to get on a more uh, regular release schedule. Um, so uh, I, I think we're going to try to get this episode up on Saturday. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday night, so I don't I can't say when this is actually going up. Um, but from now on, uh, I think we're going to try to go back to what was sort of my my original idea for the podcast, which is recording every two weeks. Um, so we're going to try to get back on a regular schedule of doing that. And then uh, we'll be trying to release uh, mainly on Thursdays. Um, which I think will kind of work out because then, you know, when, when Celebration Europe rolls around, for example, that'll be like Thursday through Sunday. Um, and then that gives it, you know, depending on our schedules, we can record, you know, Monday or Tuesday. I can get the episode edited and sent to you on Wednesday and you can post it Thursday morning. So um, we'll, we'll be trying to get a little bit more consistent with our releases going forward. Um, and uh, yeah, aside from that, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and post the audio from uh, our Star Wars panel at Phoenix Comic Con uh, right here at the end of this. So hope you guys enjoy that. Um, and uh, Tim, anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Um, the only thing, real quick, uh, before uh, earlier today when I knew we were going to record, I and we got that Bestman trailer. I put up a quick Twitter poll to kind of see what fans are most excited for for all those sneak peeks we got at E3. So while the poll hasn't finished yet, still got 14 hours left. Um, I did want to give the results since uh, we're recording the episode tonight. So uh, the one that people are most excited for was Visceral's Star Wars game. The quick look we got at that for at 57%. That came in number one. Uh, second was Respawn's lightsaber uh, game that we got in the behind the scenes video at 21%. And third was the Battlefront Bestman DLC at 14%, which I thought getting that trailer and how pumped I was for it, that was going to be number one. But <laughs> I guess not everyone felt the same way I did. And then last, at 8%, was the Battlefront X-Wing VR mission. So looks like Visceral's game, whatever it ends up being called, is you know one that's most anticipated by a lot of people, mainly because the team behind it, you know, with Amy Henning being at the forefront of it. And now with that behind-the-scenes look, you got Doug Chain, and Visceral has a pretty good track record. So I could understand that coming in number one, but I did think the best in DLC after that trailer would get more people excited for that. So mm -hmm. I didn't vote in it, but if I did, I would have picked the Battlefront one. <laughs> I probably would have too. Although honestly, I mean, of all the new games coming out, I think, well, obviously I'm going to be super excited for Battlefront 2 next year. Um, but also, I mean, Visceral's game, you know, sounds awesome. You know, like you said, just based on the team working on it, um, sounds like it has a lot of promise, but we don't really know much about it yet. Um, and we don't know much about Respawn's game either, but I think if I had to pick just between the two of those, I would kind of be more excited for Respawn's game right now at the moment, just because we know, A, it's not going to be focused on the original trilogy, which I love the original trilogy, but everything in Star Wars right now is focused on the original trilogy, and I'm glad that they're going to be branching out, and B, you know, lightsabers, enough said, mic drop, go home, as long as they do it right. Like, I really hope they, you know, other games have tried and failed to make you know immersive uh lightsaber combat action um and yeah i mean the force away or the force uh, bleh, i keep wanting to say the force awakens um <laughs> the force unleashed uh did a pretty good job of that but it was mostly just you you know beating the crap out of stormtroopers um and uh, you know there were some lightsaber boss battles with jedi and stuff like that but i'm i'm definitely excited to see how they bring that to the next gen consoles and um, you know, see where we go with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, lots of stuff for everybody to get excited about going forward, whether you're a fan of 
you know, action adventure games or lightsaber games or battlefront or whatever so man my mind can't stop speculating about that lightsaber again i was just thinking about it right now what if it's a kylo ren solo game where you play as kylo ren like after like leading up to the events of the force awakens before he goes full on dark side like you get a story of how he finds the knights of ren and all that like how cool would that be too? yes please <laughs> oh my gosh oh man See, I'm getting myself too hyped for this. No You're matter getting what they me do. too hyped. <laughs> Clone Wars stuff sounds awesome, but if they do a Kylo Ren solo game, uh, that'd be pretty darn awesome. Oh well. my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> All um, right, enough speculating before uh, I build it up too much and it ends yeah, up being... Yeah, let's, let's totally get off of here and go play some more Fighter Squadron. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can check us out online at, uh, well, you can find our website at starwarstsc.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at starwarstsc. You can follow us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash continues. Um, if you want to send us your thoughts, questions, comments, you know, chime in on this kind of stuff that we're talking about, you can go ahead and uh, send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, and you can check out all the other uh, cool podcasts on the Thunderquack Podcast Network at thunderquack.com. Um, so, uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, hope you guys are as excited about all these Star Wars games as we are. Um, you know, if you play Battlefront, enjoy the Bespin DLC. If you like Lego Star Wars, go check out the, uh, the Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens demo. Um, and we will see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody.
So we and have no idea when that will actually end. So we have quite a bit to talk about today, and we're going to have to try to condense it to about an hour. It's going to be kind of difficult for us because we usually have conversations about Star Wars that last about three hours uh, on, on average. So we're going, to, we're going to try to keep it as tight as possible. That being said, every now and then we will have a couple times during the panel where if you have any questions, any theories, any things like that, feel free to go to the microphone in a little bit uh, that we have set up. Uh, and we'll and, let you know when that time is. Yes. <laughs> All we do is just keep asking, you know, you keep your, your theories and your questions as quick and tight as possible. Uh, we don't need a whole uh, thesis on your, on your Star Wars theories because we want to make sure we get as many people in as possible. So uh, just keep that in mind. All right, well, are we ready? I'm ready. ready. Okay, so let's do this thing. So first and foremost, the, one of the biggest questions that we had, leaving The Force Awakens, okay. so who are Ray's parents? Who are Ray's parents? Now many people going in, and I know Kyle, you had this theory that and many people shared it, was that Han Solo was your father. Yeah, I, I would have bet money on that. Yes. Uh, so would I. Turned out not to be true, obviously. Well. Maybe not 100%, but pretty sure at this point that yeah. that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, and that, she, that would be really weird if it was. It, yeah. yeah. She is, uh, Daisy Ridley is later, uh, has since come out like in just various interviews and has basically said, you know, well, we all know now that, you know, Han isn't my dad in the movie. And so it, it's kind of debunked that. Most people, or at least many people, left the theater uh, believing that Luke Skywalker was her father. Um, so, there's kind of mixed messages going on when it comes to the possibility of Luke being her father. Gentlemen, what do, what do, you, what do you have to say about this stuff? The thing is, is there's no real solid, concrete idea either way. There's a lot of hints and a lot of uh, coincidence or will of the force uh, that could say that yes, Ray and Luke are related, and it would make perfect sense in the Star Wars sense if they were related. But there's nothing to say one way or another that that is actually the case. Obviously, the lightsaber passed down from father to son to daughter makes perfect sense, especially in Star Wars. The lightsaber is sort of this rite of passage that gets passed down from one generation to the next. And so now that it is Ray's, although she's kind of giving it back to Luke at this point, at the end, trying to anyways, he's just sort of looking at her like, um, and we don't know if he actually takes it, but uh, you know, that's a pretty good you know, indication that perhaps they're related, but there's nothing concrete. And so it could just be Ray is Ray. And we have no idea who her parents are, and we'll find out later. Who knows? Uh, what about you, Kyle? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, I agree with you. I, th I think that's probably the, the strongest possibility right now, based on the characters that we know, the information that we have. It seems like if she is related to any characters that we know, it's most likely Luke Skywalker. Um, like you said, the lightsaber is probably the biggest evidence in support of that, the fact that not only does she have it, but that it sort of called out to her through the force. She had a, you know, she touched it and had a vision of, uh, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and all this stuff that happened before and then you know we get brief teases of you know things that happened between episode six and seven that also seem to involve Luke Skywalker so um, I mean you, you would think it, it could just be something where she is like 
you know, there's like no more Jedi out there right now, and she's the first one to sort of ignite the spark again. So the Force is sort of telling her, like, hey, here's the the history of this lightsaber. Now you need to go find Luke. But I think it, at least to me, it would make more sense that they're related, um, and you know, have that stronger connection there. But then there are some. It, it's funny because there are like little things in the movie that make me keep tipping one way or the other, like when. Finn first tells her that BB-8 has a map to Luke Skywalker, and she goes, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. And it's like, well, if, they're if, related. if, if Luke is her dad, how could she never have heard of him? I mean, maybe she didn't realize that her dad was this powerful Jedi, but like, I mean, from the- Then that opens up so many other questions, yeah. and we're not really sure we want to think of Luke as a bad parent. Well, no. That's no. Kyle, but, Kyle, you mentioned the vision right there uh, with the with, uh, Ray as a, as a child. So let's go ahead and uh, bring up the shot right here as you see Ray being held by uh, Simon Pegg's, I'm sorry, Carl Plutt's uh, greasy hands. Um, One a quarter portion. <laughs> Luke does not seem like the kind of father. I mean, we would ha hate to think that Luke would A, abandon his child and B, leave him with such a horrible uh, alien. Like <laughs> Uncar Plex. Yes, mm -hmm. or Simon Pegg for that matter. I don't think it's about that either. But, uh, but so this kind of raises some questions uh, about who exactly left her. Now, in the, in the shot, um, she sees a ship going away. And actually, some people have thought, well, this is very similar to uh, Luke Skywalker's shuttle from the old Marvel series from the 1980s. Yes, have you? There are some people who believe that. Um, however, it doesn't really seem like that is the ship because uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who's the head of, one of the heads of the story group at Lucasfilm, said, uh, well, here's what the ship design is, actually. So it actually does not look like Luke Skywalker shuttle quite at all. In fact, if anything, I would say that this is more like a Greyhound bus-ish kind of uh, starship, <laughs> if you were going to go like that, and they were just kind of dropped off on a a junkyard planet, essentially. So the question is, if Luke didn't drop her off, or maybe her parents didn't drop her off, did someone else drop her off? Is it possible that maybe Kylo Ren perhaps dropped her off on Jakku? Well, he does respond rather violently when he's told that, you know, the traitor and the droid were assisted by a girl. What girl? You know, and he's not very pleased about that, so he may have some idea, but there's some other stuff that may contradict that. Yes. Well, and we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I, I do think that the possibility of Kylo or some sort of dark side-ish person maybe leaving her there to get out of the way would make sense in some ways because you know, if you were to say like, oh, she doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is, well, Kylo has the ability to kind of yeah. get into people's brains and turn off a switch, you know, and that doesn't seem too far-fetched in the Star Wars universe to, to say, forget this. But see, the other thing I was going to say about <laughs> Sorry. The, the other thing I was going to mention about that, though, I mean, she, she seems to not know who Luke Skywalker is, but then also when she, she meets BB-8 and she says, you know, where do you come from or whatever, and he beeps and she says, oh, classified, really, me too, big secret. So it's like how much of her supposed, you know, ignorance about Luke and the Jedi and her, her history and her parents and stuff, like how much of it is her not knowing stuff and how much of it is her trying to keep a secret? Yeah, and, and some of it she knows that she needs to get to Luke. Because with Maz saying, um, dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for on Jakku, they're never coming back. 
but there's someone who, who still could. And she says, Luke. Maz says, the belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. So right there, like, you know, that, that idea of Luke, she, she has this connection to Luke somehow. You're right. Um, Plus, we, you know, when, when Kylo Ren is interrogating her and reading her mind, he says, you know, I, I see, you know, I know you've been dreaming at night and I see the island. And then, of course, by the end of the movie, we see she goes to an island to find Luke. And it's like, oh, she's been dreaming about this place. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. And is that just, you know, premonitions? <laughs> or is that actually, you know, relational yeah. clues? You know? Well, but Ray we don't know. Yeah, Ray sees a lot of stuff in her, in her vision. Not all that stuff is necessarily stuff that she was actually directly there. For example, the first thing that she sees when she touches that lightsaber? Cloud City. Cloud City. She was not in Cloud City. Uh, wasn't even born. No, I hope, yes. Not that we know of, right? No, she wasn't. She was, she's approximately 18 or 19 in this film. Um, and uh, some people look at the particular scene with the massacre of the Jedi. Okay? And uh, Rey, at one point in this vision, looks up to see a figure above her and who gets then impaled by Kylo Ren. And then she looks and there's Kylo Ren standing there with the Knights of Ren in the rain with what we are to assume are Jedi laying everywhere. Uh, and a lot of people assume, you know, well, it was, you know, out on the internet that the she, the interwebs, with all those tubes and stuff, that uh, <laughs> she was there at perhaps the academy when she was a young girl, five or six, and then was not killed by Kylo, but then put on Jakku and mind wiped and yada, yada, yada. However, however, that doesn't quite make sense anymore. Because of a certain book that just came out. Yeah. Uh, Bloodline just came out. And I'm not going to spoil anything Bloodline. It's a great book. It's uh, fantastic. It's you really great. It. If you missed out on any politics and you're like, oh, I wish I could know more about what the heck is going on with the New Republic and the Resistance and the formation of the First Order, I highly suggest you check out this book. It just came out recently. But in this, this book takes place approximately five or six, six years. Six years. Is that supposed to be canon? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. This, is a, this is totally canon. And in fact, um, uh, all the new books and stuff yes. out nowadays are. They are, they are considered, for better or for worse, uh, everything from, you know, like, hey, I got well, some of the new Marvel comics here. These are considered on the same level of canon as the movies. Uh, at least the story group considers it that way. Um, so anyway. This takes place five to six years before The Force Awakens, right when the First Order is just about starting and the Resistance is just about starting. And Kylo Ren... Is still off with Luke training. Yes, and Ben, he is known as Ben. So, Rey would be approximately 12 or 13 during this book and is not mentioned at all. At all. Um, just a little thing to keep in mind. So that idea that she was there at the Jedi Temple at five or six, saw the massacre Jedi, etc., etc. probably doesn't, doesn't hold up. Uh, not anymore. Because, yeah, at least not anymore. So we're learning additional things as we go forward. Um, but again, Bloodline, uh, highly suggest you pick that up. Before yeah. we move on, you wanted to talk about the Knights of Ren, correct? Oh, yes, also. Um, and considering you are Kylo. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just another, 
I mean, obviously that, that was a well cool scene in the movie, but brief. Um, but I just thought, you know, the designs of those characters were really cool and everything. You know, we, we got a brief glimpse of them in one of the, the trailers, and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to find out more about these guys. And then in the movie, there's nothing. There's you know like a two second shot right. during, during the vision. And Supreme Leader Snoke, when he's talking to Kylo Ren, addresses him as you know even you, Master of the Knights of Ren. That's all the information we have is that Kylo Ren is the master of some group called the Knights of Ren. Um, that the, what well, we do know that the name Ren is like part of a title, kind of like Darth. Like I mean, obviously now we know his name's Ben Solo. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Force Awakens, <laughs> but I don't know why you're here if you haven't. Yeah, please um, leave. <laughs> love you, go. go watch the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, go watch the movie. Um, it's a whole lot better than us, trust me. Yeah. So yeah, so we know it's this group. They take on a new name with Ren in the title somewhere, and we know there are a bunch of other masked armored warriors who seemingly do not have lightsabers so yeah. you know maybe this is just some group of like jedi hunters maybe they're professional you know assassins or bounty hunters or whatever and they just and they are at the employ of snoke in the first order yeah and then kylo decided to join them and was like hey i've got force powers and a lightsaber so i can kill more jedi than the rest of you can i be your leader and they're like yeah sure um or maybe yeah. he Banded the group together. I don't know, but there's, that is definitely there's some cool info, just little bits of info about uh, Kylo Ren in the uh, in the visual dictionary right here, and also in the character encyclopedia as well that came out. That just as a quick reference, if you're interested in learning a little hints of Kylo Ren, uh, he apparently is encouraged. Uh, to use kind of uh, both light and dark side abilities by Snoke, according to the book, which is kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot of interesting stuff with Kylo. He's obviously a very tormented person, uh, which is why we, we love him so much. He needs being torn apart. <laughs> Guy needs medication. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna, we, so, we mentioned Snoke a couple times, yes. and that's another one of the big theories that came out after. Oh my goodness. Legends. And there are as many theories on the internet about who Snoke is as there are clone troopers during the Clone Wars. Yes. Yeah. I They're, swear, they're multiplying. Yes. I, I kid you not, like five minutes before we started this panel, Joey was just showing me yeah. the slides and you know, showing like, some wait, of the theories. That? And I was like, there are some that I had never even heard of before. Yeah, so let's go, I know, this is just what happens, by the way, if you type in Snoke on image search on uh, Google. You will see one of these is, is Snoke Tarkin? Ooh, what if he escaped the Death Star at the last minute and he got half of his face blown off or something and then, I don't know. Okay. And never went back to Palpatine. Yeah, I, I don't know. And his voice changed completely and, okay. All right. Or maybe if you're a fan of the, the cartoon series Rebels, maybe it's the Grand Inquisitor. Who got blowed up. Who got blowed up real good. Yep. Uh, As did Tarkin, so we're kind of seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing a thing. So apparently, you, you, blown you, up. Get, you fall into the reactor of an imperial super weapon. It explodes. You might become Snoke. Yes. Um, or perhaps uh, somehow, somehow Anakin Skywalker's body. Um, guys, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, but one of the most, and this was, uh, this is a theory that was going around quite a bit, was that Snoke is truly Darth Plagueis. Whoa, okay, no, hang on, come back. Jason hates that theory, but we're okay, going to no, talk about it anyway. Talk about Just it. out of curiosity, does anyone here, here think that Supreme Leader Snoke is Darth Plagueis? 
So you've got a couple, a couple there. Oh, you. I am so glad that most of you are so sane. No. <laughs> most of them are probably just afraid to raise their hands because they saw you pretend to yeah. pull up the table and walk out of the room. <laughs> so, so the theory right there of uh, being soaked. Now, we, we had mentioned this after one, probably our second or third viewing to, to Jason right here. Like, hey, Jason, did you hear the, the theory that smoke might be Plagueis? And he's like, what? <laughs> what? What? You're like, no, no, that's a theory. Who said that? Who said that? So Jason, Horrible idea. So Jason, I want you to, as calmly as possible, express to us why, in your opinion, this is a bad idea. Okay, thank you. Um, two primary reasons. One, Snoke seems absolutely terrified of the fact that Luke Skywalker could be coming back. If you were Darth Plagueis, survived being killed by Palpatine, survived being you know, not found by the Galactic Empire, and then rose to prominence with a Galactic Empire you know, clone of a force you know, in the First Order, I don't think you would be terrified of Luke Skywalker. I think if you survived all of that, you would not be scared that Luke could return to the galaxy. You'd be like, Luke Skywalker, Schmook Skywalker, who cares? I've survived worse. Second, and probably my most hated reason as to why this is not correct, if he is Snoke, that completely undermines the power of Palpatine in the Clone Wars. Because he says, the apprentice killed his master in his sleep. It's ironic, you know, he could save others from death, but not himself. Um, and if Palpatine truly believed that he had killed Snoke, uh, Plagueis, not Snoke, uh, Plagueis, and then, lo and behold, Plagueis comes back under a different name, you would start questioning whether or not Palpatine was really as powerful as he was. And if you can single-handedly take down the entire Republic and the Jedi Order without so much as raising a finger until the last moment, I don't see him um, not being correct in the fact that he killed his master. Uh, so, and I'm a huge fan of Palpatine. I think he's the best villain in Star Wars. That's my opinion. Uh, so anything that takes away from Palpatine, I'm automatically going to like resist with force lightning and <laughs> unlimited power, you know, that sort of thing. So I may be slightly biased, but I might believe my points are valid. Yes. Okay, now now let me give counterpoints and yeah. no. try not to force joke me here. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm not like a uh, diehard like believer in this theory. I don't know how it's gonna go one way or the other, but I just think it's a cool thing to speculate about. I think of all the characters we've known so far, like if Snoke is, you know, if there's gonna be a surprise reveal there, if he turns out to be some character we know we, we've met before or heard of before, it's going to be Plagueis. Um, but he also could just turn out to be a, a completely different character. But I just like talking about this and discussing it. So let me let me defend against Jason point, Jason's points there. Um, as far as him being afraid of Luke Skywalker, like if, if Plagueis did survive and come back, then sure, that would make him more powerful than Palpatine. But Palpatine still overthrew the, you know, had, had the entire galaxy ruled with an iron fist. And he and Vader were afraid of Luke as a kid. You know, he was like this young rebel that blew up the Death Star, like he barely even knows what the Jedi are. But if he becomes a Jedi, like he could destroy us. We need to either turn him to the dark side or, or destroy him. 
So even if Snoke is more powerful than Palpatine was, now that Luke is a full-fledged Jedi Master, heck yeah, I would be scared of that guy coming back. Like, not terrified necessarily, but it'd be like, this guy could become an issue, like, for my seal-proof plans of galactic dominance, we need to make sure this guy doesn't come back into the picture, because if he doesn't completely overthrow us, he'll at least be a thorn in our side, and we just don't want to deal with that. Um, and then as far as him, you know, if he did survive, that would, like, weaken Palpatine's character or something. I don't necessarily think it would lessen him that much. I think it would more serve to prove that Plagueis is that powerful. Um, because you see what Palpatine... is not. No, you see what Palpatine <laughs> did, like, just as you were saying, you see what he did during the Clone Wars, you know, manipulating the, the political events of the entire galaxy and, you know, completely coming out of left field like nobody saw it coming when he was just like, hey, by the way, guys, I'm a Sith Lord. I've got the whole Senate behind me. I can call you out as traitors. And and he wouldn't know that his master was still alive? Yes, but he had a blind spot. Exactly. Darth we, Vader. He didn't even sense his own apprentice was about to kill him. Exactly. And but we, that's and much we know, later, later. I said, let me, I said, let me, let me, let me, let me, we know, from, from Yoda and others that the dark side, you know, is quicker, easier, more seductive. It leads to, you know, arrogance and, I mean, same as when Anakin, uh, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan had their final duel. Anakin maybe could have beaten Obi-Wan if he had, you know, the, the patience and the, the tenacity and it just held out. Obviously, he had a lot of anger and raw strength and whatever. But when Obi-Wan's like, hey, I've got the high ground, you can't beat me, and Anakin's like, yeah, whatever, sure I can, and tries to flip over him, and Obi-Wan's like, nope. Um, you know, we, we know that, um, the, you know, the, the dark side and all that power and arrogance can occasionally lead people to make an occasional mistake or, you know, have a blind spot or slip up. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that Snoke could, that, Pal that Palpatine could believe he had killed Plagueis, especially because, you know, maybe we, we know that Plagueis spent his whole life, his whole career as a Sith devoted to trying to... Uh, prevent death and learn the path to immortality. Well, let's talk about that real quick here. And we're going to go... <laughs> I have so much more to say. But we're going to... But we have it, the rest of the yes, panel to finish. Exactly. So. And uh, we're going to take... I'm just going to point out a couple more things about Snoke real quick from uh, Pablo Vidalgo. But uh, if you have any uh, quick uh, comments or questions about The Force Awakens, before we move on to Rogue One, uh, feel free to go over to the mic right there and we'll uh, take any comments or questions that you may have. So the, uh, Pablo Hidalgo from the Lucasfilm Story Group was asked on Twitter, my real question to put it to rest is, did Plagueis' spirit survive physical death through the dark side? And Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm says, he was said to possess the ability to keep loved ones from dying, not himself. His apprentice killed him. But people weren't satisfied and with that And they said, Pablo, are you saying that Sidious said Plagueis is dead? Or are you saying he's actually dead? And he says, Sidious killed Plagueis, ascending to master, as is the way of the Sith. But they were still weren't satisfied. And then they said, <laughs> you didn't answer the question. Is he actually dead, or does Sidious think he's dead? He says, I said Sidious killed Plagueis. He killed him. Or he might just be regurgitating what was already said in the movie. Now, but 
Uh, in my opinion, this is just my two cents right here. I, I personally think that there is a mystery to Snoke, but it's not necessarily is he Plagueis. It's quite frankly to me, it's what the heck happened to this guy? He looks messed up, and why is he scared of Luke? And Entertainment Weekly recently had an interview with Andy Serkis, and they essentially said it kind of turns out that Snoke is most likely just Snoke. Uh, and what? that uh, he's his own enigmatic character, he knows about the events of the previous movies, but uh, most likely yada yada yada. So that's up on Entertainment Weekly uh, from January, yeah. I believe. If you want to but, but then if you actually read Andy Serkis' quote in that article, he doesn't say one way or the other where Snoke came from. This is, see, this is the reason why I love discussing this theory and yes. why it just won't go away. Because <laughs> everybody seems to be just a little dodgy about it. Like even in those tweets from Pablo Hidalgo, obviously he's trying to throw people off the scent. He's saying Plagueis was killed, but he, he doesn't say like, how, how is Plagueis? killing? There was killing, he's yeah. dead. dead. Because dead. that's exactly what he already how, said in the movie. But how is that dodgy? Because that's what, that's what Palpatine already said. I don't know. Again, not that I'm like gonna live or die by this, but I just like I, I like poking holes in, in Jason's. Oh yes, he just likes poking. Uh, his, 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 his so it looks like we have some question right there. So yes, sir. But isn't uh, oh no, I'm right now. The mic. Sorry. Go ahead, sir. Um, so I was wondering uh, the island that she finds Luke on is that um, on Tidal. It's Octu, I believe is the name of the planet. Yeah. It sounds like Octu. Yeah. But uh, is it nice? Octu is Octo, 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 A-H-C-T-O. Yeah. yeah. Of the planet. Now, I will say that. That's kind of weird because I thought they said that's where the Jedi started and I thought that was Titan. Yeah. Well, the old expanded universe. That's, that's from the Old Republic video games and storyline and stuff, which is. Which they, not officially canon. I personally, I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, man, I thought that would be really cool if that was Tython, because I'm a huge fan of the, the Knights of the Old Republic games and stuff myself. So I like that, all that old lore and everything. But as far as we know, that's not, I mean, we, we do know it's called Achto or something like that. So it may be, a, situ it, yeah, it may be a situation where they, they took the same planet and renamed it, because they've done that before with Korriban and Moriband in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but, so they can still um, pull from Legends. But also in the in the video game, Tython doesn't have that much water, um, from what I remember, so, yeah, um, yeah probably not. Right. Next. Um, so I feel like it's no secret that uh, Force Awakens is pretty similar to A New Hope. It's yes. a giant jump, and we gotta get rid of that. Do you think the future movies are just gonna kind of do the same thing, like kind of rehash five and six? Do you think the directors will try and mix it up a lot more? I think it'll be, yeah, The Force Awakens was definitely, it was, uh, I, I called it kind of like leaving kind of a greatest hits of Star Wars, which I, I appreciated. I, I, I don't see Starkiller Base as just another Death Star. Um, I, I, if anything, it's much, much more. It destroys entire systems uh, in a much cooler way than the Sun Crusher did and uh, the books and everything. Uh, but it's, or it was the Darksaber. They had a bunch of them. Anyway, there was a super uh, weapon of the week going yes. on in the novels. But for this, a while. so that's nothing compared to the old EU. Read the old EU; you find a lot of the little Death Stars. But um, I, 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 I think in the new films coming forward, I know that uh, for Episode Eight going forward, that one of the Disney executives at some point said that uh, Colin uh, Trevorrow is going to uh, do something weird, or and I think he, but weird, he meant kind of different. And, 
interesting. And the Star Wars, you can be very weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was one of the that was one of the criticisms. I, I and I think it, some of it has some valid stuff, but at the same time, it was a the Force Awakens is kind of a, a recentering and also a reintroduction uh, to many people about Star Wars. Uh, we have many young uh, people in here that uh, you know they may have been introduced to Star Wars for the first time with the Force Awakens, and I think that's awesome. J.J. Abrams <laughs> even said that in an interview too. Yeah, he, it was they, he was kind of addressing criticisms that it was too similar, and he said that was kind of intentional because. You know, because the, the prequels were so divisive, they wanted to kind of draw people back to the core of what they felt like was, was real Star Wars, I guess. And well, if you, and if you look at Star Wars as a whole anyways, it's sort of rhyming beats anyways. Uh, yes. There's, yeah. you know, you get with Anakin and Luke, you get the hero's journey, and the only thing that's different is Luke continues on the hero's journey and Anakin fails in that journey. So they, they start on the same journey and then it's, you know, they split. Uh, so, but there's rhyming beats with Star Wars and we're sort of, I'm sort of expecting something that seems similar to A New Hope anyways, going into it, um, just because of the nature of the trilogies and all that stuff. So uh, I, I think that, well, yeah, it's similar. Um, it wasn't something that I felt was overdone. Right. So. But to answer the other part of your question, I, I do think and hope that they'll do some more new original stuff with episode eight and nine going forward. And I think it would make more sense to, to sort of deviate from the traditional Star Wars uh, playbook, if you will, going forward into the new movies, uh, episode eight and nine, mm -hmm. rather than episode seven. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Do you think, do you think Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Jar Jar. Star Wars and the fact that we've seen Anakin come back to the light after murdering younglings um, it's possible I don't think it's likely um, seeming is how he's trying so hard to not be seduced by the light um, it's distinctly possible and if anyone could do it it would be Rey uh, not Luke uh, Luke would have the opposite effect I think on Kylo so we will have to see the development of Rey in conjunction with Kylo to see if that's a possibility going forward, I think. Uh, but I don't, I think there may be an attempt to bring him back to the light, but I don't think it will succeed. Yeah, I don't know, I think it's, it's kind of up in the air um, because I think there's still something to play. I, th I think Kylo is still gonna be a, a complex character going forward. Um, I think the things that Han said to him about Snoke just manipulating you and using you for your power, I think those are true. So we, you know, maybe we'll see Kylo turn against Snoke at some point. Maybe we'll see him try to be redeemed. But I also think they made a, a pretty strong point in this movie of showing him being so conflicted between the dark side and the light. And then at the end of the movie, when he 
you know, kind of, he, he seems like he might be coming back to the light side um, and asks, you know, his, his dad, Han Solo, he's like, you know, I'm being torn apart. I know what I need to do, but I don't know if I'm strong enough. Like, can you help me? And you think he might be coming back. And then, and then patricide. And then he stabs him and kills him instead. Like, I think that was a pretty strong, like, okay, he was on the fence and now he's on the dark side. Um, so, I mean, I, I hope that he doesn't just suddenly become like this evil mustache twirling villain for the rest of the trilogy. Um, you know, I, I definitely like the, the depth and complexity of that character, and I think it's still there. But I think there's probably less chance of him being redeemed than there was for, like, Anakin. Okay, well, uh, for those of you, yeah, okay, yes, one more, and then we're gonna, and then we'll have more time for questions right at the end of this, but we're gonna go to the yeah, we, yeah, we're gonna have to get moving. Sorry, yes. guys. So, as for, so as for Kylo Ren, I think he actually is a very complex character, and I don't, I'm not sure what's, what do you, what son do you think of friends with because his family legacy is made up of both Jedi and Sith? Well, he's like like I mentioned earlier. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to that, really, because um, really, who knows? I mean, he could go either way. I would love to see redemption. Is that possible? Well, you know, and the the thing, the also the thing is, is the the family member that he's idolizing at this point is Darth Vader. Right. So yeah. you know, he's got his mask yeah, and all that mask. stuff. That's so it's. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing about like where this show, you know, finding out that his grandfather is essentially a lot of the lot of the EU or I call it EU, a lot of the books and the stuff going out right now is that Snoke taught uh, Kylo that Vader's downfall was his, his lightness, the light side that came back within him, um, that the Empire would essentially still be around if Vader had just let the Emperor kill Luke. Right there, and that uh, that was that was a weakness that Vader had, not a strength. Was that that lightness inside of him? So um, we'll have to see. It, it'll just be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I will say if if Kylo does get redeemed, I mean, I don't want it to be just like a straight copy of like, oh, Luke redeemed Vader, and now Rey's redeeming Kylo or whatever. But I think one thing we haven't really seen before in Star Wars, at least not in the movies, we've seen this like in video games and stuff, is a character get redeemed from the dark side and then continue their story after that. Um, you know, if we had Kylo Ren be the main villain of this trilogy, um, at the end of it have him be redeemed and then like 10 years later they do episode 10, 11, 12 where he's like the Luke Skywalker Jedi mentor figure and see how he sort of deals with obviously his dark past and how he tries to you know redeem himself from that by, by training new Jedi. So I think that could be cool. Well, we're going to go to show uh, uh, as we transition Coming over. soon to theaters near you. Uh, which has been in the news quite often in the internet. But we're going to show the trailer real quick if the audio doesn't. Has anybody not seen this trailer? Station that correctly? Yes. Forgery of imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it?
a brand new Star Wars film coming out in December. And I'm not going to stop it because it's going to repeat again. But I have actually, this is an exclusive right here at Phoenix Comic Con. I have the actual synopsis of the film. Uh, it goes a little something like this. Um, it's a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an offered space station with enough power to destroy the entire planet. And for those of you who are going, that sounds familiar, <laughs> you would be right! That's the opening crawl from episode four, A yes. New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> but that's basically what the film's about. It's about getting the Death Star plant. It's, uh, uh, and Rogue One has been in the, uh, in, the, in the news lately when it comes to uh, online stuff. Number one, a few weeks ago, uh, a bunch of pages, essentially preview pages for an upcoming guide Rogue One came out, and we're not going to go over all those, you know, specific details and stuff that, that much, but they have, like, names of characters, uh, which some of them are way too hard for me to pronounce right now with an actual movie to understand how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. Um, and a lot of the character descriptions say, so-and-so helps to steal the Death Star plans, and this other person is ready to fight with the rebellion, and so all the, it's not very spoilery, um, but we do have like some new ships, uh, or a new ship I should say, perhaps uh, some new TIE fighters as well, um, and the Imperials, the, the troopers and stuff that we have, we have uh, a shore trooper, uh, which has been confirmed, death troopers, and those uh, AT-ATs or AT-ACs that you saw are actually called AT-ACTs, which stand for All-Terrain Armored Cargo Transport. So they look a little bit different, and uh, so perhaps they, maybe their armor is not too strong for blasters. You know, maybe, maybe they don't need to wrap around their legs. You know? Maybe their cargo, maybe their whole, maybe their cargo is like a bunch of thermal detonators, and they just like blow up, and then it's all like that. So uh, now, um, well, real quick before we get into yes. the reshoot thing, um, impressions, Rogue One, you excited? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I have to be honest, I'm one of those people that's like, okay, cool, Rogue One, when do we get to see episode eight? I want to see more of Rey and Kylo Ren and all those guys. Um, but at the same time, like, more stormtroopers and Imperial walkers, and if we get to see Darth Vader in this movie, like, heck yeah, obviously I'm going to go see it probably multiple times, and I hope it's awesome. So um, you, you can never really have too much Star Wars as long as it's done well in my opinion. So, And those new TIE fighters that you can barely kind of see up in the corner there, but I love those things. Yeah, they kind of look like a, like a, a kind of like a mix between a TIE bomber, but more like a, a, a interceptor, kind of like half the wing or something. Yeah, it's almost like it's like a TIE fighter with the wing design of like a Jedi starfighter. Yeah, or like a Sith fighter or something like that, yeah. And of course they have like a, 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 a ship right there, the rebel side, I believe there. Some people are saying it's the U-wing or something like that. Uh, I don't know, it's pretty cool. And they have some aliens that one of them looks like either he's from the movie Critters or possibly escaped from the set of Doctor Who. <laughs> but he's there, they, they, they look cool. Um, and of course, death troopers. I mean, some people the, some people hear death troopers and they think of that uh, really cool, scary uh, Legends book, uh, Death Troopers, which was about zombies and stuff. And I've actually heard some some folks 
uh, Mark Herlman on Star Wars Report and say, maybe there are actually dead people in there. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I, but yeah, there's cool, you know, stormtroopers in black armor. A lot of cool stuff to look for. But And for those of you who are, just to clarify, this is not taking place after episode seven. This yes. is a standalone movie that takes place right before A New Hope. Yeah, if anything, this episode is episode 3.5. And as far right. as we know, there are no Bothans that died because in this oh. movie, because that's <laughs> second Death Star that died. Second Death Star that died. Oh. I'm hoping that maybe we'll see some Bothans, but this isn't the one where Mon Mothma's crying about. So, anyway. Even though she is in the movie. She is in the movie, though. That is awesome to see her. Which, by the way, that actress was going to be Mon Mothma in episode 3, but her part was cut. So it's nice to see that they actually went back to her. Uh, very cool. But one of the things that uh, has been uh, talked about with Rogue One just last like night, week. yeah, just this week has really been going on is reshoots and the, the panic, panic about Rogue One. About this. Now, before we can talk about this, the reshoots right here were scheduled already to happen in July. Um, now the the report essentially says that quote unquote industry insiders because you can always that, trust industry insiders yes, say that the feel of the film was not akin to the Force Awakens and that and you can tell from the trailer right there itself it has a kind of a darker feel to it and that perhaps they may need to go in and retweak certain parts of this film to make it feel a little bit more like a new hope. To kind of bring a little bit more fun into it, this and that. And according to some reports, uh, including one from makingstarwars.net, they said that they're actually going to be essentially reshooting perhaps up to 40% of the film. Now, you may say, like, oh my god! Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Number one, this movie is not coming. If this movie is coming out in September, then yeah, maybe there'd be some panic. time to panic. But it's really, this is, this is, the, the general vibe going on from all these reports that the industry insiders say, yeah, we're reshooting stuff, but at the same time, they're also saying, but no one's panicking at Lucasfilm or Disney. Everyone's saying, okay, we're just gonna tweak some things here, we're gonna reshoot some scenes. This happens in almost any movie that you yeah. have. Yeah, reshoots are scheduled into filming schedules, all movies, because you start getting into the film, the editing process and things don't quite line up the way you want it, or you need an extra shot for such and such scene because they missed getting something, or you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, or they just think, well, this scene didn't turn out quite the way we wanted it to, so we'll tweak it and refilm it this other way. So this is normal. So the, all these articles that you may see going around the internet saying that everybody is panicking about Rogue One reshoots, no. The only reason it's getting any attention is because it's Star Wars, all movies have reshoots, so I wouldn't panic. It's great clickbait material, right? Yeah, and even if it is a, a panic, it's like, well, okay, at least they've still got time to fix it. So, yeah. you know, if, if we get to November and it's like, oh, first test screenings of, of Rogue One are horrible, well, then I'll be worried. But, you know, right now, I'm like, these are probably just normal reshoots, and if there is a problem and, you know, the, the executives really aren't happy with it, I'm like, okay, well, good, you got like four weeks to shoot new stuff and fix it, so, yeah. And I'll just wait for episode eight hmm? to come out, and then, you know, uh, Speaking of episode eight, let's go ahead and just get right into that right now, because we still got, I'm telling you guys, we have a lot of Star Wars coming out. And before you know it, it'll be time to see episode eight. 
which will be coming out uh, sooner than see. It's going to be December of 2017. 2017. 2017. My goodness, so it's coming right up. Before year and a half. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go over a few things about episode eight. We're going to try not to get too spoilery or anything. Good, like because I don't. Yeah. Spoilers. We have a few like little set photos, but we don't. I mean, quite frankly, I haven't read any. Um, lead scripts or anything like that. And quite and frankly, a lot of the quote-unquote lead scripts, you're going to see a lot of them. Okay, because right before episode seven came out, it would be very hard to uh, for a, a fan base, a fan to write up a leaked script mm -hmm. uh, because we didn't know anything. They kept it so secret. But now, of course, we know who the major characters are. And it would be easy enough to kind of guess where some of these characters might be going. Right. Um, so I would expect to see a lot of, you know, fan-based leaked scripts <laughs> coming out. Uh, so we're just going to go over what we know for sure, or at least what we kind of assume is going to be going on. Um, number one is that this is uh, going to be one of the perhaps the first Star Wars movie that essentially picks up right from that moment of handing over the lightsaber uh, to Luke. Uh, which kind of, kind of throws some people off because we're used to Star Wars movies taking place at about a year to three or t possibly with the Phantom Menace was it like ten? Ten between Phantom Menace and yeah. Attack of the Clones. So, yeah. so we're used to having gaps of time. Um, but uh, in this case, uh, they've already released some of the filming of episode eight and they, they showed this online of, of them shooting this scene all over again with a whole new uh, you know, crew, crew and, and everything. So. Um, that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, another thing is that, uh, so we're going to be looking at Ray and Luke, and Luke will actually have lines this time. <laughs> he will actually talk. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear Luke's voice. But, but anyway, but Luke might look, this, is, uh, this isn't, uh, you know, official concept art or anything. There was a kind of, uh, makingstarwars.net had, you know, has their, their resources. They never release uh, the the concept art that they are given. They do describe it, however. So they put out a description of some concept art that they saw about Ray and Luke. And this is essentially what the concept art kind of looked like. Again, it's, Ray, it's someone's interpretation of yes, the description of concept exactly. art. Exactly. So it's kind of the, kind of the so game of telephone right here. But yeah. you can kind of see that Ray basically looks you know, very similar to how she looked in episode seven. Luke, perhaps, is looking a little bit more Count Dooku-ish right there, um, <laughs> which I, I think would be cool. I mean, he has his, uh, his, I love his robot hand right there being shown. And um, there are some, I won't really get into it, but if you want to check it out online, there's some really cool kind of possible concept fight scenes going on between Kylo Ray, the Knights of Ren, and stuff like that on the, on the island. Now, so. now, just to throw this out there, concept art does not mean it yes. makes it into the movie. That is true. They make ten times more concept art than anything that gets selected for the movie. So what making Star Wars may be getting could be discarded exactly. concept art. And there was some of that that got leaked 
that didn't make it into the movie uh, for episode seven. So like one with I think there was one with like Captain Phasma with a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things but like that. But there was a lot of concept art. There, there were some some lead concept art images for seven that did that were in the movie, like Vader's melted helmet and right. Ray with a lightsaber. And yeah, all you can see stuff. the art of the Force Awakens. Uh, really awesome book. If you want to see just all the different ways that the Force Awakens could have gone, check out that book because you'll be able to that. see some really fantastic art and some of the, how, just how the script process works. Um, some of the other things that we know are gonna be in the film are, uh, well, Prince William and Prince Harry visited the set recently, and they hopped in an A-wing, and of course, uh, Mark Hamill was there, and I think they even dressed him up as a, there was even a shot of him dressed up as stormtroopers, so who knows, we, we could get Prince William and Prince Harry as stormtroopers. Yeah, I think they yeah. did confirm that they have like small cameos in the yeah, film, which so is probably just them as stormtroopers in the background. It won't be like, hey, look, there's that one scene with the royal guys. Hello. <laughs> you must bow before me. I'm a stormtrooper. Um, <laughs> like the fact that Daniel Craig was double. Yes, Daniel Craig was uh, TK007 or something right there. In case you didn't know, in case you didn't know, that was the scene where Ray is being, um, she shot she, up right does there. Does she mind tricks the stormtrooper? That's, no, that's James Bond. Yeah, she mind tricked James Bond. And usually, usually he has that effect on women, not the other way around. <laughs> um, so, and here's some other stuff. We have uh, sets in Dubrovnik, I believe is how you pronounce it. I yeah. that's where it is. Dubrovnik. And, and you can just walk by Dubrovnik and they would have these that's sets. That's in, what country is that? Croatia? Europe. Croatia. <laughs> it's in Croatia. In the country of Europe. Uh, no, uh, but they also have some aliens, one of which here, this guy is actually, uh, was in Maz Kanata's castle, actually. And then He guy, looks like a Silurian. And that Dr. guy looks like, I don't know, I don't know what he looks the like heck a, is he that? Looks like the, the, if he have a chain? He looks like somebody from the Critters movies from the 80s, which, if you know what I'm talking about. With his chain that hangs low? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a pimp, man. Okay, <laughs> then. So, and we also have a cool uh, set picture here showing the Falcon. Uh, one could assume that this might be Jakku, or not Jakku, excuse me, they're not Jakku. Why would everyone go back to Jakku? <laughs> um, this is the Aktu or Akto or whatever, perhaps planet where the Jedi sets there in some sort of giant tree. Uh, perhaps this is one of those uh, early Jedi temples that uh, Luke was searching for right there in episode seven. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, perhaps. I think that's probably a different part of the planet, though, than, yeah. you know, the, the it, it's, it's not where Luke, for, where Ray first found Luke, unless that tree just suddenly, like, grows up. That would be a really world. bad, yeah, well, that would be a horrible planet if there was only one small island on the giant that's ocean. That's true. I would hope there'd be other islands, perhaps, on that. That'd, that'd be some prime real estate right there. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> buy the whole planet. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, but some really cool stuff. I don't know, uh, Kyle, Jason, what are you guys looking forward to in, in episode eight? Everything. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so far away right now, and there's so much that could happen. And I'm, I'm spoiler phobic, um, so I will not. Makingstarwars.net is a blocked site on my computer. Um, I do not visit it. Um, so I stay away from spoilers, so obviously I'm going to be spoiled by some things because that's just the internet. Um, but I don't know, and that's that's the thing. Is there's a lot of ways that it could go, and I'm excited about that. But the fact that I don't know, and the fact that I'm looking to be surprised by what comes next, is what really excites me. Um, and the fact that I love a lot of the characters, and I want to see where they go. I love Ray, I love Kylo. Poe is great. Poe Dameron is 
one yeah. of the coolest characters it's an awesome in the comic series, series right now too. If you want to check that out, it's a good comic book series. Yeah, Poe Dameron is really good. Um, Kyle, yeah, um, I mean, I, I kind of echo a lot of what Jason said. Like, I mean, obviously, there's stuff from the Force Awakens that I'm looking forward to seeing more of. I want to see Luke training Rey as a Jedi. I want to see. Kylo Ren learning more of the dark side from Snoke because that's something else that we ended off episode seven with, with uh, you know Snoke saying, bring Kylo Ren to me, it's time to complete his training. So what more is he gonna learn and how much more powerful is he gonna become? I wanna see more of the Knights of Ren. I wanna see Poe Dameron flying around in an X-Wing blowing up more stuff because he's awesome. Um, but I also just look forward to you know the, the surprises, the new stuff that we don't know is coming. And also I was just gonna say with the, the stuff that we talked about earlier as far like the, the mysteries that we're wanting to be revealed who Ray's parents are, who uh, Snoke is, and all that. In fact, stuff. I want that's what I'm most excited about the finding out who Snoke is so that we can put all these Plagueis theories to rest. Thank you. <laughs> See, here's the thing though I, I, I think that regardless of the answers, even if even if Snoke is Plagueis, even if Luke is Ray's dad, I think you know, just because we have so little to go on right now, I think the, the real answers to those questions or the way that those answers are revealed, I think is still gonna be a surprise to us, like regardless of, you know, who saw it coming or not. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to just see, you know, not only like finding out those answers, but how they come about in the story and how all that's revealed. So that's, that's probably what I'm most looking forward about to. Finn. I, yeah, Finn too. Well, and, and I'm interested to see sort of what his role is going to be going forward yeah. because, um, you know, in The Force Awakens, obviously, like, he gets the lightsaber first and his whole story arc is about trying to, you know, get away from the First Order and being, you know, the stormtrooper who refuses to kill and decides he's going to fight for the good guys. Well, I now we see know... Finn and uh, Captain Phasma show down. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, see, now we know that Finn is, I mean, his, his story arc is mostly complete in that sense, so now I'm interested to see, like, where they go from here. Is he going to, you know, just become a, a fighter for the Resistance? Is he still going to be on the run from the First Order and Phasma, and are they going to, you know, keep hunting down this rogue stormtrooper? So, so you're going to just be another Wedge Antilles? Yeah. I we hope do not. That, we do but, know that Finn will, oh, sorry, Captain Phasma will be back. She, she got out of trash from Hacker Summit. So maybe she'll gonna, have more than 12 seconds of screen time. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so we're going to... Uh, uh, wrap things so up. One other thing that yes. is confirmed, other than episode nine, is oh, yes, Han Solo standalone. Our Han Solo standalone movie, and I don't think they actually officially announced that this gentleman is going to be our new Han Solo, uh, but uh, it's basically it's one of those things yeah. that everyone knows, but they haven't. Yeah, it's like Luke, Lucasfilm hasn't officially confirmed it yet, but it's being reported by like variety. Yeah, like legit movie news sites and not just the, yeah. the usual rumors. So it looks like Alden Ehrenreich uh, is going to be our new Han Solo. This movie is written by Lawrence Kasdan, who uh, of course has written many of our Star Wars films, and his son John Kasdan. And it's going to be directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who not only directed uh, the Lego movie, but also the 21 Jump Street movies and, and stuff like that. They're, they're, I mean, they're a good combo. Obviously, those two directors and Lawrence Kasdan has a great way of uh, writing comedic kind of stuff. Uh, one would hope that this might be a, a good, fun movie. Uh, who exactly knows? Uh, here's a quick little mashup of what he But, you know, it's gonna, some people are like, oh, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. To me, We've already had uh, two young actors playing a young Indiana Jones, and honestly, they did a great job. And we didn't think like oh, they don't look like Harrison Ford. But frankly, if they did a good, if they can do a good job in it, 
that's all it is for me. Now, apparently, Alden Ehrenreich was actually kind of discovered by Steven Spielberg uh, when he performed something at a bat mitzvah. So for me, that's good enough. If Steven Spielberg likes this guy, then I'm cool with him, too. Um, I will wait and see. Yes. I mean, this movie won't come out until, you know, 20, you know, 37. It's um, <laughs> 2018. No, 2018. Why 2018, excuse me. But, um, you know, we've still got quite a ways before this movie comes out. Yeah, and I'm just excited to see Chewie in that movie because I'm 6'8", so I have a kinship with Woody. Yes. Um, and, of course, the future of Star Wars. We have episode 9 coming out after, of course, after that, and that's going to be directed by uh, Ryan Trevorrow, who directed... Uh, Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Colin Trevorrow, who uh, did uh, uh, Jurassic World, um, and we could maybe have a Boba Fett story, perhaps? I think Josh Trank, before he had a mental breakdown, was going to actually direct, perhaps, the Boba Fett uh, film. I think Boba Fett may be a villain in a console. Yeah, they like might have combined. That. There's kind of, that's kind of like up in the air. They may have actually put that into the console movie and kind of done that. And of course, uh, Ewan McGregor really is kind of pushing for an Obi-Wan Kenobi film, which I would really like. Yes! Maybe, or maybe in a movie. Like I could, I could see a trilogy of Obi-Wan movies. But Please, anyway. I love. But you and of course, you when all right. is said and done, we might actually see a whole new Star Wars trilogy after this. I mean, we who could, knows? We could see episodes 10, 11, and twelve. Uh, the fact is, Disney owes this, and they want to make money, and I want to give them my money. <laughs> And considering the fact that I have a Star Wars podcast, I hope they keep making these yes. things so I have more things to talk about. So yeah. let's just talk about your podcast real quick before we uh, jump out the door. Jason, Kyle, tell us about your, your Star Wars podcast. Uh, so I'm one of the co-hosts of the Wampus Lair podcast. We're a discussion-based podcast, but we don't really follow the news very closely. If there's something big that comes out, like the Rogue One trailer, we'll do an episode devoted to that, but we're more topic-based. So uh, one of the things we've discussed more recently is we took two episodes to discuss the closing musical tracks for each of the films. So uh, that was a lot of fun, and I love John Williams, so, you know, please, John Williams, stay alive through episode nine so we can have yes. you. <laughs> um, uh, so, if, but if you do want a podcast that focuses on all the latest news, talk to this guy. Yeah, um, so my podcast is called Star Wars The Saga Continues, and we basically, do what we just did up here. We, we discussed the new movies. Um, we I mean, I started the podcast on the day that it was announced that episode seven was gonna be coming out. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, we talked about the new movies. We also talked about, um, you know, some of the other stuff, like uh, me and my, my co-host, Tim, we're both huge fans of the Star Wars Battlefront video games. So we'll talk about, you know, news about that. Um, and a little bit about, you know, Star Wars Rebels and books and stuff that are, that are coming out. So it's mostly, you know, news and focused on, like, the, the new Star Wars stuff that's coming up, but primarily on the movies, um, except, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll go on even longer tangents and discussions and stuff and, you know, go for, like, three hours. Their average podcast length is, length is three hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably more like two and a half, but we've had a lot of three-hour ones. It's, um, it's good but, yeah, we, we just love it. it. And, and so it's not, we, we don't try to be, like, one of the, the high, you know, top-tier professional, like, getting all the breaking news and having guests and stuff on. We just like talk about the news that other people have reported and then give our own theories and you know, give, give our own spin on it. So it's, it's I mean, we, we try to have fun with it and keep it kind of casual and 
Um, like I said, a lot of like what we were just doing up here. So. And if you are interested, I do have business cards. Uh, yeah, I don't because I was too busy finishing this yeah. and get to go to stables or whatever. <laughs> and of course, there's the animating cast, as I mentioned before. That's nothing Star Wars. Well, we still do talk about Star Wars, ironically, on there. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's about the Animaniacs, if you're interested in that, that kind of stuff. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go wrap things up. If you have any questions, come on up and talk to us, and we'll be free to happy to talk to you. But thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the convention.